Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today we have Mike Gilbert. Um, Mike is a big-time supporter. He was on episode 60. I think before him was Madsen and uh, Peters, which I appreciate a lot. They kind of like kick, uh, give kick started the podcast with getting swim bait guys on. And Gilbert, uh, I hit him up out of the blue, and he's like, Fuck it, let's do it. This was 60, so this was like almost a year and a half ago. Um, he came on. He made a big a big uh, impression on the podcast because before that, we didn't really have the listenership until he came on. It sounds uh, kind of cheesy, but Mike helped uh, push his podcast. And he probably goes, ah, I don't give a shit, whatever, yeah, blah, 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 blah. But he's been a big help to this podcast from the get-go, and I really appreciate that. Um, this whole month, all these guys, Swimming Underground Month, I did this because I appreciate all these dudes. They helped push this podcast forward, especially in freshwater. You know, we got some saltwater dudes that helped a lot build a priest. Um, Eric Band, I, I can't name everyone. It's just too many dudes. But Mike is one of them that made a big impact and he has the same type of temperament than I do. So when we talk, it's it's a fun time because I love playing devil's advocate to him and, and telling him the opposite. And I'm going to say Mike's a dickhead like me. He's a dickhead. He's one of us. The dickheads, yeah. That's what the Patreon guys are called. Dickheads, yeah. But um, really, Mike, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate everything you've done for this podcast. Uh, all the SU guys, uh, it's going to come into Christmas. So I'm going to say, Hey, thank you to, to, um, Chris Purcell. You're, you're a great buddy. Thank you for all the help. Uh, Matt Purcell, um, Ben Donati, Manny Chi, uh, Caesar, everyone up North that's helped out Danny. Um, shit. Paul from Piz. Thank you so much. Uh, Oliver. Thanks for coming on, man. Dimension, thank you for supporting from day one. Um, <clears throat> Big Dick Bobby, fucking asshole. That's going to be the first of the year. We're doing something cool. I got a big teaser coming up. Um, Eric Bent, all these guys. There's too many guys to name. Ballast Point team. I can't keep naming dudes. And then all my homies, like, I, I, I just can't do it. But it's, it's cool. It's Christmas time. I'm super stoked. Happy with the podcast. I'm done ranting. So, uh, 
<clears throat> hope you guys like this one. Next week is Chris Purcell and Matt Purcell. We had fun on that one. And then uh, I think I'm not. I, I, I'm almost dead positive the end of the year is going to be Jerry Rigo. It's going to be a phone call one because he's in Bishop, but it'll still be a good one. And then uh, starting the first of the year will be Bobby Martinez. He's going to talk about uh, – he's going to kind of interview me. So we're going to talk about – it's going to be 150 episodes. Long time for me. Um, yeah, he's seen this happen. Everything go on for the last, say, two years. We became buddies. So uh, he's going to kind of interview me, and we're going to talk about the podcast as a whole and do a Q&A and everything. I'll announce that this week. And then uh, I have some good stuff lined up. I have a good trout roundtable, punk rock roundtable with Decker. Um, it's Decker, Squig, and Fred Clinshaw. So it's Nardcore, if you guys are into music. Nardcore. Um, Decker's a singer of the crowd. He's sang with the Vandals. He's done everything. Squig's been to like minor threat shows. He's done it all. So it'd be a cool punk rock roundtable if you guys are into music. And then uh, Fred is going to come back on, and I think that's it. So let's start with our first sponsor this month. <clears throat> like I always say, please support the local tackle shops, and this is one that's supporting the podcast. So take a listen to this little piece from them. Thank you. Ketchum is your one-stop tackle shop for all things Daiwa this holiday. Ketchum is an authorized Daiwa dealer stocking all their latest and greatest tackle for all types of fishing. From bay bass to swordfish and everything in between, they have what you're looking for. The new Daiwa Saltiga lever drag and the BGMQ saltwater spinning reels. The bulletproof Lexa Tatula and Zillion Baycaster reels. The super reliable Fuego LT and Ballistic LT spinning reels. The Seaborg 1200 deep drop swordfish reel and matching Sea Marine power rod all in stock. They also have a great selection of the hot new Daiwa Zakana jigs along with the J-Braid and J-Floral. Travel bags, tackle packs, travel, rods, just too much to list. Pretty much everything you need and nothing you don't. The quintessential 5-pound bag stuffed with 10 pounds of the best tackle on earth. Organized and clean with plenty of parking, Ketchum is located at 103 E17th Street at the gateway of Newport Harbor. This holiday season, stop in and say hi to Jason Ketchum, the owner. Your kill bag and your wallet will be happy you did. Follow them on Instagram at Ketchum Tackle and remember this holiday season more than ever. Let's support our independent tackle dealers. They truly are the lifeblood of our sport fishing community. Like we always say, support local tackle shops. Ketchum's one of them. Um, next year, we're going to be doing calling, so I hope you guys like it. We tried to do the phone line, and you guys are wild, so uh, we'll see if we keep that going next year. But... Um, we will have a Q&A call-in, so it'll be like first hour, the guest, second hour, a call-in, so you guys can actually talk on the podcast, be pretty cool. And um, here's another piece from another sponsor. It's Fish Lab. They make sick uh, swim baits, so please listen to them. They're a big supporter of the podcast, so please support them as well. Thank you. Get outdoors and spend some time in your lab, because in theirs, at Fish Lab, they learn by doing. The water is their lab, and they love doing research. Fish Lab knows there's a reason when a lure works, and that angling is part art and part science. It's a puzzle where the pieces constantly change, sometimes in our favor, sometimes not. But by applying decades of experience, bold creativity, a little patience, and a lot of time on the water, we can better the odds of finding the successful formula that catches you more fish. They know that making effective lures means understanding target fish and the food they eat, and Fish Lab does. 
Fish Lab lures are realistic, scientifically accurate, meticulously crafted, and designed for one purpose, to catch more and bigger fish. Straight out of the lab, Fish Lab has you covered with the full line of hard baits, swim baits, glide baits, wake baits, soft weedless swim baits, and bluegill baits. The badass rattle toad plus a line full of saltwater baits. Check them out at your favorite tackle dealer or online at fishlab.com and follow on Instagram at fishlabtackle. The science behind the strike, Fish Lab. Another big supporter of the podcast, Fish Lab Okuma. Thank you so much for uh, supporting this year. 2020 has been crazy. Um, thank you to Swimbait Underground. This month is Swimbait Underground month, and you could win a Depths 250, Depths 175, Silverware uh, knife, backpack, and a wrap. So please go to the Patreon. This will be the last. Uh, no, next month will be the last time you hear it. Next week. With uh, hopefully Rego, and uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, Purcell, and then Rego. Um, yeah, please, uh, if you can help out the podcast, give five bucks. Uh, you have a chance of winning a depth one seventy five, depth two fifty, all the stuff I uh, said before. Also, uh, that ties into our sponsor uh, this month, Optimum. Please listen a little piece from them. You hear from the doctor. <laughs> um, Thank you, uh, Optimum, for being a big supporter of this podcast. And if you can, please give us five stars on iTunes and leave a positive review. And have a happy Christmas, guys. Uh, I'm sure I will. Have you seen the video of my wife? Hopefully she lets me drink 12 beers instead of 11 this time. So we'll see how that goes. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Be safe. A lot of companies come and go here today, gone tomorrow, one bait wonders. Not Double A Worms and Optimum Bait Co. These guys have been producing premium soft plastic baits and winning Best of Show awards since 1982. 1982, man. Shit, I was born in 1980. That's a long ass time, man. Man, from way back, including the first ever swim bait poured with an internal lead head, Double A and Optimum have been leaders and continue to crank out some of the finest and high end swim baits and soft plastics in the industry. They live and die by the old man's motto, evolve and innovate. So in addition to their manufacturing capabilities, the company is the U.S. importer and distributor for premium Japanese brands, Depths, Ima, Zapu, and Manus Japan. Considering ground zero in the swim bait glide bait revolution, Optimum Baits has been working with previous podcast guest and podcast supporter, the doctor. Doctor. And I just stuck it on a Depths 250 slider. <laughs> Himself, legendary Butch Brown, as well as Satan Shimada of Japan, to name a couple. These guys set the bar and are directly responsible for some of the most innovative, big fish producing, PB catching swim baits on the planet. And lucky for us, they're still at it. Depths just launched the new Butch Brown Gizzard Shad in the entire Slide Swimmer series, 250, 175, 145, and 115, as well as a couple new bluegill swim baits, the Depths Tiny Bull Shooter, and the Bulldoze. Manish Japan just released a 245 size balance and smaller sizes of the Sapar at the same time Optimum dropped the new 8 inch Papa Boom weedless swim bait. Don't wait, scoop them up at your favorite dealer or visit OptimumBaits.com. Follow them on Instagram at OptimumBaits. Cast and crank. My name's Butch Brown. That's how you do it, brother. This is Monday morning. See ya. Have fun at work, doctor. <laughs> um welcome to cast and crank round two with mike gilbert for swimming underground month uh mike was on 60 something i think 
felt like ages ago. But yeah, it was yeah, a long time ago. This was when I first started the podcast, really. Probably the first swim bait guy. Yeah. Really? Big. No, Pers- uh, not Priscilla. Um, Peters was on before. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Matson and Peters, and then I think it was you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then Purcell came on, and we had to do two takes because he couldn't have headphones on. Yeah. He stopped. He's like, I, I got to stop, guys. <laughs> he took off. He's like, I, so, can't, I can't listen to myself. So sensitive. <laughs> um, a lot's been going on for you since you came on last time. I mean, you have the harness. That's a big, to me, that was amazing. That's a great call. Building the harness in the bait. And yeah. then the DRT collab, right? Yep. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Always, yeah. always keeping busy. Yeah. Can we talk about the harness a little bit? That's super fucking cool. What about it? Like it's, you don't have to use the fucking, you know, the screwing <laughs> shit anymore. That's awesome. Well, everybody knows with like a beast hook bait, you always get nose blowouts. Yeah. There, you know, you still get those complaints from guys that are like new to it mm-hmm. that are like, dude, the nose blows out. Sometimes it might be on the first fish. Sometimes it might be 30 fish. Yeah. But it's going to happen. And for the most part, you can try and salvage it a little bit, but the bait's going to be toast. Yeah. And then just, just really sitting down, thinking about how things can be implemented, just kind of looking at other things. And then, I don't know, it, it sounds crazy, but it's all, you just have like these epiphanies sometimes where you're just like, clink, <laughs> you can be standing in line at the grocery store where yeah. it's just like, it just like clicks and you go, oh, dude, if I just do this, oh, yeah, that can all work. And I just hold it in this way. And then before you know it, you're doing little, tw- you know, after prototyping, you're doing little tweaks because there's earlier versions yeah. that, that totally failed. So how long did that take you to get the one you wanted? Um, it was probably like the sixth or seventh generation of like figuring out, okay, how does this work? Because I was trying to do other things in the process. Like, how do I get it so that I can actually glue the eyeballs directly to the harness? It, it doesn't work well because once that seal starts breaking down, then water's getting in. It, it, there's so many variables. And then the chemicals that you're using to kind of make this all work, if there's a flaw in that chemical, it throws your whole process off. You think it's one problem when it's actually a different problem. Mm-hmm. And then you get the get the correct chemical that's actually working how it should and then go, oh, well, shit, man. The earlier versions probably would have worked. Does that change the pour because of the heat around the metal? Um... I mean, yeah, there, I mean, there's so many like, yeah, variables. Yeah. Okay. Like how your plastic flows through the molds during, you know, different seasons. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's a lot. That's another when you thing get I don't plastics, think about because you're pouring beats like constantly seasons can like change the whole pouring. Oh yeah. Right. Because it's like too cold, too hot, too. Yep. What's the best season to pour baits in? Probably beginning of fall and late spring because it becomes like that perfect temperature in the winter time here it's not even cold for mm. the, compared to the rest of the country right. but if it's 55 degrees or 50 degrees my molds are cooling down a lot quicker than when it's 75 80 degrees in the shop yeah but then come summertime it'll be pushing 100 in the shop and your molds are never cooling down so now you're like it's <laughs> you're you're busting seam lines and things like that you're like oh dude just because you need a little bit of cool down so that the plastic can kind of solidify yes versus just keep just keeps pouring through like your vents and things like that yeah yeah you know? for sure um and then you have the drt collab which is a bait that's hot right now i'm gonna say yep. everyone wants one uh are you selling that through you as well yeah okay my specific color pattern that's through me solely okay so all other DRT stuff here in the U.S. goes through DRT USA. Um, it just 
kind of is what it is. It's just, I wanted a real natural bait fish pattern that's versatile across the, like everywhere in the United States. So you, you can't go wrong with like a silver flash turquoise mm-hmm. highlight, kind of that electric turquoise, like highlight to it Yeah, with a darker back. You can't go wrong anywhere in the U S with that. Did you focus a little more on your home lake though? Since you know, that's kind of where you're going to use it the most. Well, yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it's your, it's your nah, baby for, for sure. Like, but, Oh, I just kicked the leg. Sorry. Um, you can tilt the mic up a tad. And let me check one more thing. Cause I want to make sure his camera's fucking working. You're all good. I'm going to, I'm going to just read. This thing stopped yesterday. So if you see it turn off, let me know. The red light's on. Look at that. You get to look at your sexy Perfect face. white background. <laughs> And you occasionally might see a shadow of a dog appear back here, and she might start whining. And go, oh, I went in there so bad. Uh, yeah, anything that I like put my hands on, it's because it's something I want. It's mm-hmm. something I need. So yeah, the color is because it's practical. I mean, I think it's it's kind of out there now, but it wasn't out there. There's gizzard shad in the lake. Yes. So they're getting up to 18 inches. Is what they've been shocked out of. Like wow. so, yeah, they're Big. they're monster size. Yeah. But they're 18 inches when you're shocking them. The ones I shocked, because um, I went out with a DFW, it was uh, 14.5 inches. What do you mean your DFW? What do you mean? You worked there? No, I went. I volunteered and went out oh, with Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't... Dude, I have investment in When did you do in that? things. Uh, was it 2019? You probably were on the podcast when this happened. I just didn't know because I was I, so had, I think I'd already gone. I'm, I'm so gone green. At, You're like, this, who the fuck is this guy interviewing I'd, Yeah, I'd already, <laughs> I'd already gone out at that point. It's, I would do, volunteer more. It's just got to work with the schedule. You know, they got their schedule. And it's just cool to go out there and actually see and put time in on your water to get a better understanding of it and actually help the fishing. They care about that stuff. They want to know the numbers. Like when I when I met up with him the first time, I told him there's gizzard chat in the lake, and he's like, "Nah." Oh, nah. really? He didn't I go. There's me. gizzard chat. <laughs> the, I've seen them chasing my baits in. Mm-hmm. There's a hundred percent gizzard chat, and sure enough, last spot of the night that we went and shocked, boom, gizzard chat. Oh, so you're going through the lake and shocking the lake? Yeah, they break it up in like quadrants, I guess. Okay, I, I don't fully understand, but there's previously determined areas of the lake that they're going to go and shock and get numbers from. So he doesn't choose those from what he was telling me. Mm-hmm. It's just generated and they go to him. And so it just so happened to be that the very last spot, we went to the area that I had seen consistently gizzard shad coming out of. And we That's pull in there, true. shock them, and then it's like, oh, shit, and I'm trying to net it. Because <laughs> they're like little <laughs> mini tunas, dude. They freak out. Yeah, they're yeah. freaking out. Is that the only thing that's coming up is gizzard chat? Or oh, no, no. Tons of carp. Uh-huh. Carp, big carp, um, bass. Anything big? Not no. Uh-huh. Um, we shocked up one that night in the most random spot. That I mean, it was a quality bass. It's probably in like that seven pound range. Okay. But that was the biggest. And then the 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 funniest thing is we actually did a lot of work on the dam, and everybody's dream. Oh, dude, there's so many fish sitting past that buoy <laughs> line on that dam. Nah, really, dude. It was nah. Damn. It was it was shocking. Yeah. Like not hey, you was, know it was shocking. <laughs> yeah, no, that was where I'm like, oh. no, but you just like, oh, I don't know about all this now. Yeah. Like these fish are everywhere in the lake. They're they're picking and choosing their spots, but we go through some areas that just get absolutely pounded, not shock up a single fish. 
does it change your perspective? Like, since you got to go out, were you like, oh, this changes the game a little for me? Uh, yes and no, because I'm already of the belief, like, when some of our lakes are so deep in the, like, the, the Thule line is so deep, I think those fish are way back in those Thule's. Shock boat can only go so far. Mm-hmm. It goes, we just run right into the Thule's and, and the sparks flying off the Thule's. No way. Oh, yeah. Will it shock you if you... Yeah. Does it hurt? <laughs> no. Did you, you try it? No, you don't want to get shot, I just, dude. Why not, no. dude? Just see. Yeah. I'm not sure the amount of voltage going through, but they're, they're very clear. <laughs> don't touch the water. Yeah. Is, very it, a, clear. is it a special boat, like a yeah. rubber? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And it has these big arms that swing out uh-huh. with tentacles that come off that are like the electrodes that go into the water. And, and so they did barge in there and, and then... All right, turn it on the juice. Bang. Like the Matrix and shit. Huh? Yeah, there's a little foot bar up in the front that you, like, you as a netter are pushing down on. Okay. And you have a partner uh-huh. that he's on the other side of the boat netting. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a fascinating experience. It, it, me, just the way I am, I, I just, it it may help me, but it just more or less, it's just, it's just cool. You it's just cool. did it to help the fishery. Yeah. and Like to and, help out. Okay. And being active in where you're fishing and, you know, I, I just texted with them yesterday, just talking about like, what is the plan for the lake? What water levels do we have to be at in order for us to actually start building structure cover in places so that the, you know, smaller of the species have places to hide, but they also um, act as um, ambush zones for, yeah. for some of the predators. Because right now, it, dude, it's just like a mud bowl. <laughs> <laughs> there's not a lot of like offshore stuff. And so my mind just is, goes, dude, those fish are buried back there. Yeah. They're buried way back in there. You have 50 yards deep of Thule, like and flooded with water. There's a lot of places that fish can hide and, and you, you can't get, get a bait there. to That's them. That's the thing, right? But you can't, <laughs> I mean, I've gotten a couple that way when the water gets high enough, then you can kind of fish the top. Yeah. But it's, it's a tough go. It's very frustrating fishing. Yeah. You, you, you're doing casts and your damn lines lapping over one, and then and then you're like, you know. It's interesting though to hear someone uh, talk about giving back to the lake because you don't hear many. I maybe people do and they just don't say it, but to actually reach out and be like, hey, I want to help with what I can, because mm-hmm. a lot of people complain, hey, the trout. This is the big thing. There's no more trout. It's fucked. Ah, blah blah blah. Well, you're trying to do something, yeah. right? I mean, it's better than nothing. But I, I think a lot of anglers would. There's uh-huh. just nobody taking charge, and I, I don't have the time to take charge and manage this stuff. Like, but I think a lot of anglers actually would. They're interested in making sure that their fishery is successful. If there was a point man that sat down and said, this is what the fuck we're doing. This is how we're going to do it. They understand all the ways, all the avenues you got to take to do it. It would happen. We wouldn't not be having trout plants because anglers would pony up and pay for it themselves. Yeah. I know right. plenty. If I know a hundred guys that said, "Hey, I'll kick in a hundred bucks," that's ample enough cash to get trout stocking. Do you think we could do that? Well, I know us as fishermen would do it, but I don't know the avenues of how to, to make get it, it possible. Done. Yeah, you hear rumors and you hear these things like, "Oh, yeah, you just do this and this and it." Nah, it ain't. You that gotta easy. get someone that is political, almost like, or someone in the in the that yeah. form, like a city council person or someone. That can have some power. To or do. even just like the, the DFW, the dudes would be participating and then the lake needs to approve it. But I don't understand why a lake would say no that, that already gets trout 
or has in the past, why they would say, no, we don't want these free trout that you guys are paying to put in here. You know, it'd be cool, though, is to f- figure out a way to do that, but not let everybody and their mom know it's getting stocked so the trout can at least, you know, it'd almost be a but private then, thing. But then how are you going to do that? But <laughs> then but then again, then what's the benefit to the overall community? Because the trout is exactly. not there to feed the bass. The, the trout are there to encourage youth fishing and adults that want to come mm-hmm. and catch trout. Because trout fishing for the stock trout, they're young, dumb, and out there, and they're biting. Yeah. So if you're fishing for them, you can catch them as long as there's ample supply of trout in the water. There's nothing more depressing than going, hey, it's the kid's derby. Nothing. (laughs) And not a kid catches a trout. What was the point of that? No, I agree 100%. All those trout got dumped, and then they just took off, and they're out there suspended in 30 feet of water doing circles in the center of the lake, where these kids that are on the shore— don't have access to i don't know i'm probably speaking out my ass right now no I, I but know. i mean it's a it's a, a different view and it might open someone's eyes or ears to hearing this and going man that's something we could do um like cca they do stuff for the coastal thing there's no there's a no lake cca type program where you have a group of guys that kind of try to improve things is there not that I'm aware of, no. but maybe the tournament scene, they're doing stuff. Possibly, yeah. You would, ABA you would or hope, something, yeah. You would hope, since they really use the lakes, that they're contributing back. And I'm sure they probably are in some ways, but it doesn't get it doesn't get widely reported. Yeah. Probably like, oh, yeah, this is what we do. And just kind of how anything is, you know? <laughs> like, when you do the good deed, people aren't talking about it. They're just like, ah, whatever, bro. Yeah. No, I you agree know? 100%. But I just, like, think about it. That, uh, it eats me alive because I think about this all the time. If I ran my business the way that the trout hatcheries are running their business, my business would have been out of business the very first year. Now, I'm just looking at it from an outside perspective. It's mind-blowing to me that we're years into this same consistent behavior of excuses of why trout aren't showing up. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to shit on them, but it's... It, 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 nobody believes it anymore. It's just like, nah, dude, whatever. Yeah. It ain't happening. That, but at least you're trying to, to move forward. That's the whole purpose. It's like, hey, I'm trying to do something. There's yeah. something's got to get done, and you're doing that. I'm not really doing anything We're besides, <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to be proactive in there what, what we have. Proactive. Like, um, what we have. How fast are those baits selling, those DRTs, when you put them up? Uh, insanely fast. There's a lot. There was a lot of them, and... Uh, how does this drop? So you you know more than anyone because your shit goes quick. People get pissed off and go, oh, I didn't get one. How does it work? I've never just like waited for a bait to drop. So like you drop them and it, what happens happens. Like, hey, if you can get it, you can get it. You can't. Yeah. Right? I, I, I put out emails, say, hey, subscribe to our email newsletter. And in those emails that get blasted out to thousands of people, I say, this is the time that the bait is going to drop on this date, this time, Pacific Standard Time. Mm-hmm. I put all the information. Hey, we understand that there's issues with um, the checkout. So if you want to increase your chances of getting a bait, add something to cart right before it. Go through the entire checkout process, but don't actually check out. Then your information is stored. Then slide right back over. All right, you're going to drop at noon. It's 11.58. Wait, refresh, 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 refresh. Okay, it's 12 o'clock. He said 12 o'clock. Refresh. Boom. They're like, add the cart. You don't have to enter any of your information for the most the part. The cart's already ready to go. You're ready to go. Bang, bang. Check out, check out. You know, whatever. And I'll get follow-ups where people are like, ah, oh, dude, I'm some wrong address. That's that's fine. It's just, it's equal access for everyone. Um, a lot of people miss out, but a lot of people 
get the baits, you know, and it's it just is what it is. It's, like it's amazing to go like think about it. Like, they sell quick. Like thirty yeah. seconds was the last couple of launches, which is insane. It's right? absolutely right. insane. Yeah. To think about what you were doing filming, say, you know, like what, ten years ago, twelve years ago? Oh yeah. I mean five years five ago. Five years ago, okay. Yeah, yeah. Would you think, man, I'm gonna have a bait company where my baits sell out in thirty seconds? no you you never you never think about that because i always my mindset is like that scarcity mindset which is sometimes kind of disastrous Mm -hmm. of like it's not always going to be there so you always got to keep grinding that's like how i grew up it's not going to be there we didn't there you know there was no cushion so you always just got to keep chasing and keep chasing and that's to my own detriment sometimes but it's i don't know i don't think about i don't think about that way like i never thought i'd be here i just don't think about it that way I just, I just keep going. And in the grand were, scheme, it's still very small. Like what you're doing, though. I mean, for what I'm doing, what most people yeah. in the swimmate community are like, dude. People get way too big headed about this shit. You are still just a fucking small fish in a gigantic ocean. Especially for swimbaits, like its own little thing out of largemouth actual, you know, like yeah. tournament fishing is like humongous. And here's a little portion of swimbait. Yeah, like dudes think they're crushing it sometimes, and they are on, on a personal level. They're absolutely on a, on a swim bait level. How about that? Yeah, on that on level, you know. Yeah. And we're all doing the best we can, but in the grand scheme, like, dude, these people are like when they're going into mass production on allure, they might be turning out five thousand baits a day. Now think about that over the course of a month, how many baits they're producing, and uh, Shit, dude, you know, it's night and day level. Swim baits are a different thing, but it just. It could get there as it becomes more and more popular. Do you see yourself ever doing a production before when I asked you, you said no, never? No, I didn't say no, never. I, you I, said no, I was I having, could, I, I could never see myself making a production mold or production outfit of the bait that you make. Do you ever, could you ever see that? I don't know, dude. I, I don't, I don't think I've ever, I think my problem and what we talked about then is facilitating okay. USA production. There you go. That was it. Yeah. You exactly. would do it if you could keep it in the USA. Yeah. And okay. so I'm, I'm talking to somebody right now and we're trying to work out the details of how to do it, but it's very hard to do it in the USA, which I want to keep it in the USA for very specific reasons. My own beliefs, whatever. Yeah, I want to, I don't, I don't want to practice enslaved labor of somewhere else across the world. I'm not putting this on other people, but I want to contribute to the American economy. Yeah. American jobs. So, uh, I want to do it in the U.S. I just need to find places that have the ability to do it as a one-stop shop. Not would you would you bring the price down if you were saying putting out five thousand a day? Would you well, keep the bait the same price? No, that's how, that's how, a how supply that? and, that's a yeah. supply and demand issue. Yeah. So like if if I can get five thousand baits made in a day, then yeah, your price is going to come down. But right now it's all on my labor, so that price has to stay the same. Now we keep it in America. Our wages are more expensive. So is the bait, if it's made in the USA on a mass production level, is it going to be competitive to a bait that's made in China? No. Mm -hmm. It may be cheaper than what it currently is, but it's like comparing apples and grapefruits or something. You're like, dude, they're totally different things. What about, uh, do you think that if you did something like that, would you lose hype? Because a lot of people think swim bait get hype. So maybe in the point of like, you, it's a supply and demand thing. So say if you give it all out and you're like, people want them, but to, I'm not trying to shit on anyone, but yeah, people buy baits to save them, put them on the fucking wall. You know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want yours to do the same shit. Now, if you made that many, do you think you'd lose a little bit of, of the 
It's hard to what I'm trying I, to say. You know, no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. You're saying does the allure disappear once exactly. they're wildly yes. available? Uh, yeah, but plas- soft plastic baits aren't typically like collectors' items. Some yeah, guys do true, keep them for true. a while, but like if they sit there for long enough, like if anybody has like any of the old like a Batesmith or something like that, yeah, dude, the ones I have hanging. There's oil dripping <laughs> dripping off of them. Yeah. You know, they start, you don't want to keep them for that long, exposed to the air, all that stuff. But yeah, there would be a little bit of that allure once people determine, oh, I can just get these whenever I want. Yeah. But I don't think even on a mass production level, I'm going to be mass producing them at that type of level. Yeah. Like it's still... You're not making an S-waiver. It's like I'm making, you know, I get it. Yeah. The hard bait, like that stuff is totally different. The, even the operation I'm talking to right now is not a huge operation. It's not like there's a hundred employees in there and 50 machines. It's like a guy like myself, but bigger, that's been doing this longer, that mm-hmm. would be more experienced, that has a production facility. That's basically what it comes down to. So it's not just myself sitting in there like, there's one, there's one, there's one, pouring baits. It's like, oh, you got 10 employees going, there's one, there's one, there's yeah. one. Yeah. You know, and That's, those people deserve, a, you know, a wage. So are you that that'd be hard uh, quality control a little, right? Well, I'm, because you, you, so I'm, you I'm a picky it, guy. Like when I do a podcast, I'm like, this audio sounds like fucking shit. I don't like, you know, and you would, I know you're the, probably the same way of me. Like I want it to be perfect. This is the way I want it. But you have to do your best to maintain a certain quality at the same time, meeting your objective of, Hey, I'm reaching more people. So if somebody has an issue with the bait, once it gets into mass production, you go, Hey man, send it back. I still want the bait to, I still want you to have the experience mm-hmm. that you should, if there's an issue with it. Yeah. It's that, I mean, it's that simple. Like with the, the DRT stuff, the owner's going through a massive, he's still going through quality control issues. Meaning like, he pulls them out as he's like Does seeing he? them. Yeah, boom, boom, oh, boom, shit. boom, boom. Like I was, you know, Skyping with him or FaceTiming with him. And he's like, hey, do you want any of these? And he just pans over to a box and it's just full of my color, just Blem. boxes of them, blems. And they it, don't swim right or they don't. No, just, just these are just paint issues, minuscule little paint issues, but they stand out compared to what the bait should actually look like. What does like. he do with all of them? Just give them away. That's cool. Like, what do you, what, what are you, what do you do with them? Use them. I mean, you don't need them because you're a big dicker. You got it all, buddy. Nah, nah, no, I'm just fucking with them. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> those are the ones I, I yeah. A blend bait, for the most part, is just as good as like the picture perfect one. Yeah. It's going to catch the same fish for the do most part. Do you feel, uh, asked all over this question, do you feel that uh, a painted bait affects the way it swims? Like when you repaint them? repaints so maybe not repaint but like i guess repaint yeah because you're going to take that bait and maybe say like a roman made or something you sand it down you apply the paint on it you apply the sealer on it is it going to change the the swim a little bit or does it stay the same is it factory i don't know enough about the shit to even bother commenting (laughs) like i honestly don't like yeah sure it doesn't matter to you really not all painters are created equal just put it that way some know what they're doing some don't yeah yeah like dude just I'll fuck up my own bait. Yeah, that's what I'm like, saying. Like, do you care more about the swim than you do about the paint? Like, it doesn't really fucking matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. I mean, yeah. Like, the the Hinkle Trout, the big fish I caught on it, even the, the, the 17 on yeah. it, that was just a spray paint. I you spray it. painted it. Yeah, <laughs> Hinkle put, it, like, his own original thing on it. I fished it hard, really started wearing it out. So I just took some metallic silver Krylon, like, paint and was like, and just painted it silver again. Just... Solid silver. 
damn. <laughs> they, the fish didn't mind. You just let it, you know, let it dry on the rack for yeah. 48 hours. It's cool like to that. hear it from dudes. I'm saying because, like, sometimes you think about, oh, my bait's fucked up. I got to get it repainted. Well, maybe just use it and fucking try to catch fish. But if you have that killer job, paint job on it, does it give you more confidence to keep fishing, True. which then leads to you being more successful with that bait? Yeah. It's all like a lot of this stuff is like a mind game. Do you have the confidence to keep fishing that bait, keep throwing that bait? If you do, you're going to get bit on it. It's this shit of like jumping back and forth and like, oh, fuck, I don't know which one I'm throwing. I got 10 <laughs> baits on the deck and I'm throwing them all. Do you, do you, when you go fish, when you're fishing for uh, your big fish, like we talked, you go out, I want to have my camera running in case I get that fish. Do you have 10 decks or 10 rods on the deck with different baits or just your two or three you're focusing on? I mean, over the last couple of years, I've narrowed it down. I've narrowed it down even more so that it's like there will be like one or two Damn. for the most part. And they, there's subtleties in those baits that are there. It might be like a hard bait, like a DRT, and then a wedge tail bait, and then a boot tail bait. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of it. Like color pattern. Um, he just keeps slamming the door. The that's fine. It doesn't matter, dude. He's uh, like, Dad told us to be quiet. <laughs> Bam! Bam! <laughs> <laughs> it just echoes through the house. Uh, there might be little subtleties, you know, like, but uh, for the most part, like, yeah, I, I, I pick my poison and I stick with, I'll force feed them fish. Like that's... See, and I, I think... Because I, I know get to talk so many I know different people yeah. that do like, yeah, some guys have 10 fucking rods on their deck. Some guys have three. So it's cool to hear your opinion on it. Like, I have three because that's what I'm going to work on and that's what I'm... But you're force feeding them. That, you well, know? I call it force feeding. I call it force feeding, but... I know the baits work. So if they're not getting bit, it's there's several reasons why. I'm fishing in the wrong spots. The fish are just over it. They move somewhere else. It's Will you not go to the, the, it's not the like baits. a half hour and be like, this isn't going to work and bail? No, but I have the feeling that I should just go home. Do you? Yeah. Once my, my happy ass gets to the lake, I'm stuck there. There's no just like, oh, I'm going home unless it's an emergency. I'm driving an hour to get to the lake. Mm-hmm. The whole process of checking in and all this other crap. Once I'm there, I'm stuck, regardless of how shitty it is. But, you know, like Butch will talk about that stuff. He doesn't live far from the lake. Like, that's amazing. I understand what he's talking about. You can roll up. You get on the water. You kind of mutter around. You're like, oh, fuck, dude, I should just go home. I can't explain the feeling, but you just – I have these feelings sometimes. And then if – it. Better spot if you have like a little testing ground where you're like, oh, I got this certain little tooley point that I always get bit if it's going to be a fire-ass day. But if I don't get bit there, it's going to be a grind. And it might only be like a two or three pound fish. But he's going to bite on those days that it's You cracking. know you're going to go around the lake and find what you need. Yeah. And then, yeah. But most of the time, yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. But, you know. I, I mean, and you're, you're taking those three things or, you know, you, you take with you and you're, uh, you use low-down custom rods, right? Yeah. Everything. Yep. Right now I have a, a fish, the lowdown extra heavy, and then I have some DRT rods too. Um, but it's, th- those are the two. Yeah. But like lowdowns is like for, for me, uh, throwing like the big soft plastic, like the lowdown extra heavy that I have is like, it's, it's got everything it needs to drive a giant beast hook home. Mm-hmm. Like that wind up and hit them. Like that's, it, it's, it's just like perfect for that. Yeah. Yeah. What's your uh, so when we talked earlier, you said you you take your GoPro almost every time you go fishing. Mm-hmm. That's because you want to capture that. That's what you love doing is film, right? You love editing and capturing that moment. Yeah. 
when a lot of guys will be like, nah, I just go to, to fish, you know, I do. I don't, I don't turn a GoPro yeah. on. It's like, um, do you feel like sometimes that moment's just yours and you just want it or you just like to have it on video? Like what's your whole outlook on it? Well, I think, I think there's a lot of confusion about like a, a GoPro and people assume a lot out of seeing somebody that films. They assume that everything you catch, you're putting up and sharing with the world. That's the first thing that they're assuming incorrectly. Uh-huh. Or for me personally, you've seen, I've seen too many guys get dragged through the ringer. It's easily solvable if they go, all right, you're running your mouth and you're saying I didn't catch this or this and this and this way. You're saying I'm bed fishing because I got power poles down sitting out on a point. Or you're saying I did this and this. Just hang tight, dude. There's cast to catch of it. This is where Butch on this stuff is. It's absolutely brilliant. You can't call bullshit on something where you see somebody sit in the front of their fucking boat. Sorry, this stuff like gets me like, it does get me fired up because you can't call bullshit on somebody sitting in the front of the boat, casting it and then retrieving and getting, you know, hit and then hooking the fish and landing it. Mm-hmm. You can come up with all kinds of cockamamie bullshit about, dude, there's a fucking diver out there and all People, people said say shit like that. People say the craziest the shit. No, I'm dead serious. People say the craziest <laughs> shit. They're out of their fucking minds on this stuff. So imagine if you catch a lake record and you don't have that stuff and there's already mad, like tons of rumors flying around you. Dude, it's got your own back. And you don't put out everything. I'm sure like we haven't seen a lot of stuff out there that's available from guys that do film. They keep it for themselves. They review it and go, oh, I'll go back. And you look at it and go, fuck, I thought it happened this way. But it actually didn't. I was actually set up this way, and I was throwing this at this time of day. Like it, it's crazy how your mind will play so games. You're using like football footage, almost like you're reviewing your footage. Yeah, and you going, can, dude, I fucked up here. You go working back on and my technique, doing this. Yep. I think you talked about that. Pre- someone else did. Someone else had this same I, idea. I talk about it from time to time yeah. by somebody else. But this this idea of like uh, people saying like you're only like you're out there filming for your ego. Well, no, there I'm filming because. I need to because I'm chasing giant fish. I want it to be legit. The only way I can prove that it's 100% legit is if somebody calls me on it and it's their cast to catch. The other side of it, yes, I am running a business. It does help sell product. That's the other thing. But I don't put out everything. You know, some, you killed that bite, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Dude, I've been fishing that spot for five years and I've never seen anybody. And I'm putting in three or four days at the week. What do you mean I killed that bite? Yeah. Like, you know you know what I'm saying. Like, no, well, it, it, I don't because you get it. You know what I'm saying? I don't get it. So it's like hearing someone tell me about it, it's like shocking. Yeah. Like, you got to be fucking kidding me. You know, and, and, and it makes complete sense to go, yeah, like me, I if someone talks shit, I go, whatever, block you, delete, whatever, fucking, you know? You were like, oh, what, what, you know, like, here's the proof. Here's what I do, you know, like if, but it takes a little bit of, it pisses you off, you can tell, when, if someone calls you out on something. Piss you off. Well, I think it pisses me off because it it makes me feel like guys are fishing for the wrong reason. I'm not out there fishing against anybody else on the lake. I'm fishing against myself. I'm fishing against trying to catch these fish. I'm trying to out. It's a mind game between me and those fish. I could care less what anybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. I'm not out there measuring against other dudes. When they catch big fish, yeah, I look at it and I'll be jealous, but I'm not jealous because they... They caught the fish. I'm jealous going, what did I do wrong? Like, there's a huge difference. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I'm not get, envious get, and then instantly jump to like, 
well, fuck, they're cheating somehow because I wasn't <laughs> able to catch the fish. So they're fucking cheating. Yeah. You, it's all... Uh, yeah, no, I get I, what you're I, saying like, because you're going like, I should have caught that fish. I'm glad you caught it, but I should have did it. I don't know what I did wrong. That's why I'm pissed off. Yeah. I didn't catch it. What did they figure out that I haven't? Exactly. Do I need to reanalyze this and go, oh, okay. I need to switch up. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Okay. I need to do this, this. Stoke, they caught that fish. I mean, it, it does hurt a little bit when just like a random dude shows up and like hasn't put any time in and catch a big but that's one. My, that's my, but when that's, I talked to Matt Purcell about, there's guys that go by these baits and you got a lucky chance to go. I take that DRT out and I, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I just start fishing it. Guess what? I go 10 times in a month. I might catch a good fish. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm just throwing it. So there's takes a little bit of skill out of it going, well, any fucking dickhead can grab the rod and throw swim bait and try to get lucky. It's like gambling. But that happens. I get lucky from time to time <laughs> where you're like, oh, fuck, I'm just, you're just chugging along and you just like throw over there. Boom. Oh, fuck. It's a giant. It's real easy to sell it as you meant to do that, which you see guys do time and time again. <laughs> Some of that shit's just straight luck. Well, I'll take it back. Maybe it's not luck, but maybe there's something inside there, an instinct that you're not even aware of that told you, okay, cast over there. Maybe something like that exists. And I, I do believe there are things that like that inside me and probably other guys that um, a lot of anglers where you're just like, fuck, dude, something's telling me I got to go over there. Oh, I got to go over there. And then you do go over there and you get rewarded. What is that? I don't know. But, but you go over there, like you would do that. I would go over there and be like, well, now I'm learning a little more. So if I saw something, I'd go, oh, I'm going to go over there. But maybe I'd go, huh, maybe the fish hang out in this fucking cove. I don't know. It's a guess. I'm not looking for a point. Some guys, maybe they're new and they just throw and they're catching that fish. So it could be luck too. And we talked about that, but it's a different thing when you're, you're not lucky anymore. You don't get that because you're I'm still read, lucky. But you're reading water. Yeah. But- you know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not luck because you're going... Uh, maybe you'll see there's a kind of a shadow or, you know, whatever it might be, you know, like a point you're going over there because your instincts telling you I've done this repetitive movement 10,000 times. And I know I can get bit that way for yeah. me. I'm going to go, Hey, fucking asshole, you know, cast wherever and might get bit. Oh, cool. You know, I still do that though. You still fuck around and just go, oh, yeah. fucking whatever. Yeah. When you've, when you've worn out all your shit that you know what you're doing. <laughs> You got to experiment. And the way you experiment is doing exactly what you do. Just like, yeah. fuck it, dude. I just got to go fish this and see. Like, maybe they've moved over here. I don't I don't know. Yeah. And then that's where you stumble across new stuff and go, oh, dude, they did. They did pull over yeah. here. I don't know why, but they did. And then you start breaking that down. Why did they come over here? What, it, did, what changed? Yeah. Is it fishing yeah. pressure? Is it the way the wind blew? Dude, you can go down the, the laundry list. Like, why did they stop biting a, a wedge tail? Mm-hmm. It's because everybody's throwing a wedge tail. They, they're tired of seeing it. Well, maybe I got to switch up to a boot tail or vice versa. You, you, like, How big does so electronics many... play into this for you? Uh, in which way? Reading the structure, like using electronics. Do you go more off of points, off of land, or are you actually looking, okay, I got to set up this way? You know what I'm saying? How big are you on it? I know Manny's like, I learned some stuff, kind of broke it down. I want to know how big you are on electronics. Like, oh. I got to use this, the GPS, the topography, blah, 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 you know? Uh, or do you I'm go not, out I'm just... not proficient at it. I just grind on it super hard okay. and, like, really start to map. And I, I'll end up marking the same, like, waypoint 10 times because <laughs> Humminbird, I don't know what the hell they got going on with the side, sk- crossing over. Anyways, 
I'll now that I actually have better side scan, mm-hmm. I use that a lot. And I, I've fished these lakes, the same lake, over and over and over. And I'm still staring at that side scan, seeing how things change, um, seeing how it can set up. How can I set up better the next time? But yeah, I mean, you might find a hump. That's a point. It's just a shitty little point. It doesn't look like much from one angle. And you just graph over it, and you've been graphing over it from years. Then that one time you happen to come at a different angle and go, oh, shit, dude, there's a little pocket on the backside of it. And then so you, okay, I'm going to mark that. You slide over there. You're fishing a different area. Then you happen to go, man, it just feels dead. And you kind of look over, and you're like, dude, that wind's blowing right into that point nice and easy. Let me slide over to that shoreline, go down, and I'm going to cast into that pocket that I've never really paid attention to. Boom. Catch a double digit and you go, yeah, yeah. What the fuck? You know, like, so constantly just analyzing that stuff and marking it and, and staring for fish too. <laughs> like, you go out oh shit, there's fish over there. <laughs> Will you go out days and just kind of like fuck with the electronics and be like, I'm not catching, but I'm looking. So maybe you're not fishing that much, but you're just going around the lake. Oh, I had an idea. I want to go check this out. I'm going to mark it out. Oh, then I want to go over here and mark this out. Will you spend time doing stuff like that or not really? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, so you break it down. Like those days like where you're like, oh, you should just go home. You go and hit your spot, realize like, oh, this is kind of crap, not really feeling it. Uh, let me take a little bit of time to kind of go through and refresh my memory or possibly mark some new stuff. Like I had something that was, uh, I mean, it's a trip to me in the lake I'm fishing. I found a spot last year that I didn't know existed. Nice like gravel bar. I was pumped on it. I caught a couple fish off of it. This year doesn't exist. Damn. Where did it go? <laughs> it just got filled back in with sediment yes and so i was fishing it for a while and just being like dude this doesn't feel the same what's going on and so i'm just graphing and graphing going i must be missing it with the side scan i've side scanned everywhere around that bad boy no it's just gone damn so it does it does have value to even though you fish a lake a lot well there's things like this that, i mean i'm a noob so it's like i wouldn't think of doing that like but i'm like oh fuck it's a good call like, I'm not getting bit. Why not go look for some structure or mark some stuff? You know, just to make it a productive time on the lake. Because, like, I don't, like I said, I don't have a lot of time to get over there. So when I'm there, I want to make sure I'm using the time correctly. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's a great point of view. Also, how is it owning a company where you got to promote your bait, but you want to go out and catch big fish at the same time? So it's like, do you have to separate those two? Like, so say maybe I'm going to go out and just fish the battle shot or whatever, you know? And not fish, you know, well, the DRT is different because you're promoting it right now. Mm-hmm. But another bait, like, you know, is there, is there a separation between those two? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, if it's your own company, there's incentive for you to catch fish. Because Manny said all you fish is your own bait. No, I'm just fucking. Manny, man, full of shit. Yeah, Manny's saying that as there's video footage out there when I had a co- company of catching a big fish on his, the de- front deck of his boat on not one of my baits. Oh, that's a fucking funny one. Dude. Yeah, it's like this But one, no, it's, this it's, guy. A, it's a valid question because you have a company, so it's a different story, like, some dudes like might not finish fish any other fucking bait, but theirs, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to know, do you do that? Trying to, um, achieve your goal of getting the biggest fish. Can you do that with only your bait? No, wait, huh? Uh, so like, do you, so when we're talking about it, my goal you, is to catch a giant fish period. If I think something's going to give me an advantage, I will fish it. If I think there's no advantage to fishing that bait over my bait, then I will fish my bait. Okay. 
Does that make sense? No, 100%. But there are baits out there that I do feel may give me an advantage. So I will fish that bait in a heartbeat. That may change day to day. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? No. It's not like over across the season. It may be day to day like, oh, shit, dude, they're turned off on this. Like this stuff, that stuff happens in you, it may just like with a DRT, it may well, one little tiny nap. Oh, motherfuckers the, around here. <laughs> uh, it, it may with the DRT, it may just be like, oh, I just gotta, I'm gonna fish it with the tail this way, or you know, I'm just gonna slightly change the action on it, how I'm retrieving it. It's simple things like that. Or yeah. when it comes into soft baits, it could be speed, it could be you know, wedge tail, it could be the difference between a HUD or a bait smith. There's a lot of lot of things that you can change that we may not think is that much of a difference, but it is. But but then when you go out like, fishing, like, um, did I really answer that? I don't you did, you did. Okay. But but as a company owner, like you want to f- catch something on your bait to promote your company, of course, mm-hmm. your company. Yeah. So sometimes it maybe like sway you to fish your bait a little more. Like say you're getting bit on a HUD, and you know you could drag a HUD for sure. I'm but throw I, my bait and fucking get bit on a good fish for sure. But that's common sense. But that also is yeah. like proof in the pudding too. Is like. You guys are all stuck in these old myths of like, oh, you got to crawl a bait when the water temp is this. That's just bullshit. For most of the time, like that's old nonsense that people sold you a bill of goods that was not right. Like when people were saying, and it, it's different for- Do you fish that same way though during the winter When time? people first started fishing slide swimmers, they said it was like a warm water bait only. They didn't know that guys were catching them in cold water. Like this is what I, like the stuff that I'm talking about the dishonesty of salesmen of t- selling people like horseshit. There's so many variables out there. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to say this is the only way. Because for if I say this is the only way, I'm sure there's some dude out there absolutely crushing them, the exact opposite way I'm using a bait. Yeah, you know what I'm I, like. So yeah, there's incentive for me to fish my baits, but it's also just proof that. All these things, being a boot tail and you can't mm-hmm. get bit and certain things. Nah, dude. It's all just, you got to do what you If you do. know what you're doing yes. with the bait, yes. you can go out there and fish and catch fish. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Like give good anglers any bait, I'm, I would believe that they can go out there and catch yeah. fish. makes sense. Whether it's a, uh, a thumper tail, uh, anything. Just go down the list, dude. A hood, anything. They're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. It might take them a little bit of time. But they're going to figure it out, and they're going to go out there and start catching fish yeah. on it. Awesome. You know. We're going to start on your Q&A because there's a lot of fucking questions. Yeah. A lot. Let me – here's here, just one thing. Just back on the, like, side scan and stuff right yeah. now. On the lake I fish right now, I have over 500 waypoints just on half of a lake. So there's 500 individual little – all throughout the lake. So that I know as I go into an area, I'm like, oh, there's a little boulder there. There's this there. There's this there. This there. And from somebody how out, long? How long does that take you? How many years of you marking? That's just in the last year. I've marked okay. all that. Oh, just in the last year? Yeah. Oh, damn. And when, think about it. We were COVID lockdown stuff. So it's like. Fuck. You were just fishing, fishing, fishing. Yeah. As you go through, you just mark, 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 mark. They never closed Skinner, did they? Yeah, they did. How long? During the prime time. For a month. Right now's a prime time, bro. <laughs> <laughs> No comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always the prime time. People are stroking them out there. No, dude. The prime time is when you happen to show up there and catch a fish. Other than that, it, yeah, it's rough. That place, was, like, everybody says this. Like, Southern California will just, like, just hand you your ass. Like, you think you know what you're doing, and then you don't. 
have you gone back east to fish and i've i've went one time and it's it's a totally different experience yeah uh but just other bodies of water are much different than southern california fishing like in southern california you can be doing everything right and still not catch fish yeah it's actually a surprise when you're doing everything right and the fish is where it should be where it would be on any other body of water Mm -hmm. you go holy shit dude it was this fish actually was set up how a fish should be you know and people say that all the time but it, yeah. I, I i think there is a lot of truth to it it is uh, do you we, think if you fish swim baits here it makes you a better fisherman when you go somewhere else because it's just so pressured no no doesn't no matter. i think if you're if you fish swim baits in southern california and you're successful there's a high likelihood that you could go somewhere else and be successful too Okay. But just because you throw swim baits in Southern California does not mean you're going to be successful somewhere else. If you're not catching them here, you might stumble into them somewhere else. But a lot of this stuff, if you just look at the lake and how guys are setting up on, on spots, you're setting yourself up to catch fish, but not catch the quality or the quantity of fish you're, you're looking for. It's like boat positioning, yeah. retrieves, all that stuff still matters in other parts of the country. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, you just see it. Like you just like you just, you're on the water so much. How many times a week you're fishing? Uh, now I try and do at least uh, three days. Like it goes oh, into wow. like my season, so it's like yeah. I do three days around those moons and, and just bang, 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 bang. And I try not to fish the weekend. It, it better Fuck be fishing. it better be damn good on the weekday <laughs> in order to drag me out there on the weekend. I went to DBL and I got lucky. It was last Saturday or Saturday before and. I think I was 10th in line at 4.45. By 5.30, there was 40 people behind me. I was like, oh, my God, dude. Dude, those days are done for me. <laughs> I got too much shit. I'm, like, up to, like, 2 in the morning. Like, I can't get up at 4 in the morning anymore. And then... Do you fish whenever you want to go to the lake? Or do you get up in the morning to go? No, I get up. I got a morning routine, dude. I, like, get up. I'll smoke a cigarette. I got to sit around. Coffee. Like, maybe tink- tinker with stuff, like, in the shop. And then go, okay, let me slide on out there but my mind has already made the plan days in advance and so it's like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go but yeah i get on the lake like nine ten like i go and i'll fish for like i'll fish hard for those six hours but i've done it enough times you don't need to to be coming in there first thing in the morning for that bite i don't know where the bite is at that first thing in the morning and i never will find out where it's at if i'm not going (laughs) but since i don't know right now i don't stress about it i don't know where the fish are you know Going off at six o'clock in the morning, like I used to at other lakes, I knew where they were going off. This lake, don't feel like getting up that early. Right? Yeah, it's cold. <laughs> it's California cold. It yeah. might be like forty degrees, <laughs> but no, honestly, it's just nice. Like you just you get up and you like kind of do your stuff real quick, hang out, maybe shower, and then hop in the you know hop in the truck and go to the lake. It's so like I, not I, stressing about it. And I to even coming here today, I'm like. Fuck, bro! I should stop leaving at six in the morning. I got here so fucking quick, you know. I'm like, dude, because I'm the guy that'll get up at fucking four o'clock. I gotta get in line first in line, uh, you know. And I'm like, ah, I can't do this anymore. I'm getting old, man. It's like fucking early, you know. Well, dude, what's the incentive to get there at six o'clock in the morning? That's when they're biting, dude. With every <laughs> with every other asshole, every other dipshit like me, like yeah. we're all just fumbling around out there, and then they all leave just like you do at noon because you're cooked and you're like, oh. Yep. Whereas you could show up at 10, and then after 1 o'clock, 75% of the boats have already left. 
So now the, the lake is down. Yep. Yeah. It's cleared out. Now yeah. you have the lake to yourself. Like I used to love it on some of the San Diego lakes. Dude, that last hour before sun, it wasn't necessarily like, oh, the, the feeding's going to kick in and I'm going to go to these certain spots. That helps. That's going on. Mm-hmm. But there's also going from 40 boats on this water to now five. That's a big deal. Huge yeah. difference. Are you big up with electronics when you're fishing? Will you turn off stuff? Yeah. 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 Okay. It trips me out if it's like I get disappointed if I go through an area that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get bit. And then I go back and I go to leave and I go, fuck, that's why I didn't get bit. Do you think it makes that big of a difference? (laughs) I think so, but there might not not be any scientific proof to that. Or, you know, like like a Hummingbird 360, that shit will bamboozle you (laughs) because it will auto turn on. Oh, you don't shit. even know it. It just auto turns on. And so you might not be paying attention because you just got your like map set up on your front deck. Yeah. Meanwhile, that thing's just up there like a bang, 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 just, bl- just blasting these fish. Yeah. Frying their brains. So now I've, I've spent enough time. I hear that subtle little signal that it's putting out that if I'm going, I go, wait, fuck. You know, turning it off because I do. But Okay, you could dive deep on this too. If the fish are so pressured from everybody always having their graphs on, don't they become used to it? True. And it's not something that scares them away? But then you're, then it's like if you're rolling up without it and they see a big shadow and they, they're not used to that like or something, you know? But it could scare them that way if it's off. I, mean, I don't know. You can go either way. Well, it, that's what right? I'm saying. Like yeah. You can't say... That's why it's a belief. Mm-hmm. I think and I feel this way, but I don't know if it's true. <laughs> I mean, you brought up the shadow. Yes. Imagine if you're fishing. I fish with I fish with the sun to my back a lot. And which these shadows play a big game fishing, correct? Yeah, but I don't think guys think about these shadows all the time. Like Bill Simontel was talking about shadows and, and, Funnels on, on, and all the stuff. Yeah. yeah. I've never had any success in any like that mindset out there in an open water. But Bill Simontel has put out some really good information for people if they listen to it and absorb it. Put aside anything that you hear gossip and crap like that on the internet. No. Certain things are actually just golden nuggets. Mm-hmm. If you actually listen to what's being said and apply it to your fishing, you can have a lot of success off of it. Same as like other dudes put out golden little nuggets. Butch doesn't talk much. But sometimes if you just pay attention to what the fuck they're actually <laughs> doing. Yes. His actions speak volumes if you're paying attention. Same as other people. Mm-hmm. Just look at what's going on. But with a shadow, people I don't think think about a simple aspect of if I'm fishing in 20 feet of water, sun's back to my back, and it's low in the sky, and I'm fishing directly in front of me, but I'm fishing to 40 feet, what angle is my shadow from the boat being cast way out there the deeper you are the further distance to where your shadow is actually going to be covered how far do you think the shadow goes deep i mean it just comes it just comes off your angle but no like how far will that shadow cast in the water what do you mean it will cast all the way to the bottom bro it's a little murky though you know like it'll go all the way to the bottom unless you're like in a hundred feet of water yeah like you know, like at different depths, you are going to get different light penetration. Yes. But I don't think most dudes... Think about that. Well, think about it, but even just are fishing so deep that in like clear water... Oh, that, yeah, that, you that, can like, see the bottom. 
go to Lake Murray on a clear day, you're like, dude, 30 feet is crystal clear. Fuck. Like crystal clear. You can see your shadow right down there. Diamond Valley doing the same thing. Yeah, you can see your shadow moving ahead of you. If you got the sun to your back, you see your shadow ahead of you. Those fish were aware of you, especially if it's deep water, long before you even got to them. Oh, okay. They knew you were coming. That fucks you. You can analyze so much of this stuff, like so many ways, like whether you're pushed into the Thule line, like I think a Thule line is a great example of like masking as best as you can. You push all the way up in there. So I love aluminum boats. I don't care so much about them getting beat up. Like just, ah, dude, just let it yeah. get in there. You got a tree like grinding against the side of it. Like shit will buff out, like whatever. It's not a big deal. Like you try and mask the boat as much as you can. All that stuff matters, in my opinion, but I'm not a bass, so I, I, I don't yeah. know if it really does. But it, there's little things like that. Like, I I wouldn't have thought of that at all. Like, And I'm not anybody, but, like, just these little golden nuggets that I hear from people, I'm like, shit. I don't think of that. Like, when I went with Charles, I talked about this all the time because this is something he pointed out was a shadow. Hey, Nick, throw right there on that line right there. Oh, I got a fish. Put me on a good fish, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Something I wouldn't have thought of. And then I went to another shadow and hit another fucking fish. Yeah. You know, it's like, wow, crazy, you know? If you well, listen. <laughs> well, think, okay, here's a good example. Think about guys that are in Southern California that are fishing Thule bound lakes. What is your strike zone? If you're fishing the Thule's, what is your strike zone? I don't fucking know. What is a strike zone, Mike? <laughs> I don't pay attention this much. You're stressing me out. <laughs> So you're going to keep it. I'm going to come right off the Thule line when I'm fishing a swim bait. Okay. So what's the most most effective way to keep your bait right off the Thule line? Line my boat up right against the fucking Thule line. Fish parallel to it, right? You're covering multiple things. You're leapfrogging your own cast. You're you're fishing the water effectively, and you're keeping your bait in the strike zone. And if there's a slight shadow cast, you can keep your bait right on the outside of that shadow so it highlights your bait to a fish that's sitting in the shade pocket – Wow, that's the perfect ambush position, especially if those toolies come out to a funnel, a point, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. How do most guys fish the toolie line? Throwing at them. I see Standing that. outside, casting towards the toolie, and instantly bringing – you got about three or four feet off that toolie line. You're only line getting three or four feet of, of strike zone. Correct. Okay. And yeah. you're throwing your bait straight on top of the head of the potential ambush. So Instead, maybe, like, God, God, what maybe the? these guys are thinking like fishing a jig. I'm fucking totally different, know, but totally maybe they're different. just used to that. So where they're like, oh, it's like throwing a jig, throwing in the toolies, dude. You know, like, mm, I don't know. I would think the same thing. I'd be, I want to be right next to that where they'd hang out. I, I, yeah. And I apologize if I sound like condescending no, about not it. Not like, at all. Not or at I just all. like go just like if guys just slowed down for just a second. And kind of like thought about the process. Fishing a swim bait is not conventional fishing. Totally different things. You got that boosh. Like trying trying to throw a swim bait in there and it go bloop. Like it's almost next gonna not gonna happen. Whereas you can slide in there, flip and pitch, and it's just like bloop, 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 little tiny things that aren't off putting, you know? Like I But don't, do you I don't do know. you do you agree with people when you got to learn how to conventional fish pretty well not nah. to be a good swim bait fisherman not at all really yeah i don't fuck with that shit <laughs> i put did that you, stuff down so a long never, time ago so you never okay how long did you really conventional fish were like seriously like, I, my my progress was relatively i don't know the exact time but it was relatively quick like they're totally different 
in my opinion, wow, totally different. Wow, you're the you first need to person understand to say how you this. need to understand how people like how fish move and all that other stuff. But if I'm only going to be fish, fishing swim baits, okay, the basic mechanics using conventional gear help you, but you don't need that in order to start swim bait fishing. Learning on a on a 200 size reel how to use a bait caster, good enough. Yeah, whether you're throwing a little worm on a hundred or two hundred, whatever the hell it is, a crankbait. How's that any different than starting out with like a six inch HUD? See, so that's so you're you're saying, say I just started fishing. I'm like, oh, you look at look at all the conventional guys that are heavy conventional guys, and they can't. They're like, dude, they horrible at throwing swim baits. How does that cross over? Yeah, I I this is a great perspective because I've had I don't think three it's dudes needed. that say, hey, no, I think conventional. As a big, you know, help to actually learn how to make the swim bait work. You know, all over at a good point. Hey, you worked a jerk bait before? Yeah, work it like a jerk bait, you know, or whatever it might be. There's some good points, but it's cool to hear a different perspective. Like, if I'm a kid and I'm like, hey, I want to get into swim bait fishing, I've never fished before. Go grab a hug, drag it, whatever, you know, might, might be. You'd say, just go for it, fuck it. Go for it, fuck it, because. The same principles need to be learned on the conventional. You don't just go out and uh, like, you got to learn how to use the conventional stuff. So you're almost that, feeling like throwing whether, a... Whether your starting point is conventional or swim bait, you still have to go through the same basic mechanics. So sitting there saying like, oh, you learn how to like drag a worm. Okay, you're learning how to drag that worm. Maybe I'm missing something, but I just like not. Dude, no, my, no, no. I, my I, son has gone straight into swim baits. Never no touch con- conventional. Never. Oh, that's awesome. We don't, and so he doesn't know. Yeah. Does it per, like um, make it tougher for him? All he knows is swim bait, so shit, he doesn't know. Hey, what did you start your kid on? Uh, he the first thing he started throwing was uh, I'm pretty sure it was the tiny clash. Really? Yeah. Do you think that's like a good thing to have have your kid start? Like, if you say I wanted to get my kid and have him throw a swim bait, you think that's a good deal to start him with? No, it's <laughs> it's he just dad it's, just had it. Yeah, I just forced it. Like, hey, yeah. this is what we're doing, dude. Like that, it's just comes down and then you know but he got the experience so we throw in you know the, the tiny clash it's great size bait for him he can throw it it was a high float so it, he can see it he can understand how it's working he was fishing the hot pink color for mm-hmm. a while so he, he could actually see it see all it. coming yeah and then you get that first like striper blow up you know he's like a five or six pounder and, all, oh. and he's like oh god <laughs> like, you know you know trips out and then he's like okay you get that positive reinforcement of what you're doing is right and then you learn to experiment with it and you know do other things but we go from that to he wants to go and catch the little schoolie stripers all right well dude let's just throw little tiny lead heads and just burn them bad boys (laughs) you know and he's like this is amazing yeah so you can kind of work back but it's still a on tackle warehouse swim bait you know even though it's only that big but <laughs> on tackle like, warehouse but, but, dude he's out there he's throwing double rigs with me and stuff like no that way, and doing dude, it till that's awesome fine. yeah but he's it's like, a cool to hear your perspective because you're kind of thinking outside the box i'm gonna say a little because everyone else is like nope you gotta do it this way and then again most of those guys are conventional guys that come into swim bait yeah you know and you kind of like jumped from what you were doing and just said fuck i like doing this Right? I, I think you asked, didn't you ask, uh, you asked Butch maybe something similar, right? But he just, I think he's like, nah, same, almost the same kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. He's just like, nah, dude, he's just straight swimming. Yeah, he, he'll mess with like stuff that he feels is going to give him an advantage. bait or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But he's got proof in the pudding on that stuff. 
Like if you've been around long enough, you've seen where Butch <laughs> has put up big fish yeah, on his spinner bait. Of course, and you're just like, fuck. No, that's <laughs> a great, great point of view though on that yeah. one. Now let's jump so, into the questions. Yeah, yeah, we got yeah, no. shit. Look, everyone wants to hear from you. I don't All know what. Right. Just want to hear me rant and rave and babble oh, on about bullshit baby. that I don't really know about. <laughs> Do you follow swimbait memes? No. <laughs> I'll see it from time this to time. But yeah. Great. I just I'm looking at the thing and the first thing that comes up is are you just, starter pack. Are you on uh Instagram? That's why I'm pulling everything off of You're this. just gonna go open up the comments on it and just yeah. go. All right, cool. I'll, I'll make sure there's nothing. Are you gonna shout them out who yeah. who it is? Yeah. All right, cool. All right. I got a lot of them, man. Um The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Let's do newest first. Just let them rip, dude. We'll just burn through them if it's a... Uh, can you talk a little more about on how you broke down the conversation of soft baits to Manny Chi? I'd like to hear more technique on that. Well, Manny Chi's not on on this one. Yeah, I'm like out of context. <laughs> I'm not sure on that. Um, I mean, it's just like a lot of guys are uncomfortable. When I first introduced soft baits to Manny, Manny was seemed like somewhat uncomfortable with them. Did just, you introduce yours, your bait to him, to Manny? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but just in soft baits in general. Uh-huh. Like, it's it's a – look at the pattern out there. Guys can go out there and catch fish on a hard bait. The bait, the fish hook themselves for the most part. Yes. Soft bait, there's a little bit more method to the madness where you got it. It's timing. There's just more stuff. But if, if you end up building confidence in it and you fish it harder, I think – me personally, I think you can have more success with it. So Manny just needed to be introduced to it. A little bit of like tune up on like the mechanics, a little bit of confidence boost, get on his boat, get on my boat, show him how to, it's done. Manny's a smart dude. He's a brilliant like angler. So it's like click, 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 click. It's like clicking in his mind. Mm-hmm. He, boom. It doesn't, yeah. it's not six months of him trial and error. It's like <laughs> two hours. Yeah. Yeah. You know, makes sense. That was he, C3P pretty, Joe. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. He basically had all the pieces already there. He just needed a little glue. And then, it, boom, he's good. This is <laughs> uh, Marshall, Marshall Arn Wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, please tell us the secret to your Weedless Huddleston you made. <laughs> it's basically just removing the HUD harness, rate of fall fives, mm-hmm. can't have a jig hook in it. So I think the new ones, I think they all have jig hooks, right? Mm-hmm. Old school HUDs, you can pull it out. You basically dremel out a trough and uh, and like a hollow spot so the bait becomes a hollow cavity and you just do the the uh, butch 
crimp wire yeah. rig onto a single like uh, three aught uh, owner twist lock hook that sits in that little trough and it sits just below the skin of a HUD. You glue it back together. It's a one and done bait though. You do it once, it's done. You catch a fish on it, boom, it's done. Set Can't it use it again? No, you, you just you gotta go okay, home and okay, do you gotta it. go home and do surgery on it. That's all. But then it's then you're then you're back. You're good. I'm gonna lift this up just a smidge. Yeah, go for it. Like it's like sagging. Just grab the whole thing, it don't fucking matter. Just push it. I, you notice I'm like slowly <laughs> melting down. I'm like, you can hear okay, that's the quitter. That's the quitter uh, stand. I shouldn't have gave you that one. Oh, is that what it's it is? It's a quitter stand. Yeah, yeah. the quitter. <laughs> it's like your socks that quit. You know, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, All right. Yeah, that's that's a. So when you were fucking with that, were you already making your bait or no? No, no, no. That was. Did that kind of give you the idea to go fuck? I can make something way better than this. No, and and it's not better. Like I actually like. My little like modification to the HUD, it's I can't figure out how to do it. It's Multiple. it's super labor intensive, yeah. and uh, yeah, HUD's got his own formulas with his harness that mm-hmm. makes certain things work that I'm not trying to get into. Mm-hmm. It's like it is what it is. I can modify his. I'll tell you this though: there's a difference between throwing a bait with a hook, an obvious exposed hook, and a bait that doesn't look like there's any hook. And then little do they know, bah, they get hit. <laughs> You know, because it's it's there. It's yeah. just completely hilly. Yeah. People can run tests. Go into a highly pressured area that you know there's fish. Throw a bait that has obvious hooks on it. Throw a bait that doesn't. You'll be surprised at how many more bites you can get on a bait that doesn't have a hook. Yeah. Oh, I bet. We're all, <laughs> <the hell? laughs> um, this is one time 5.0. How do you approach your spot? You've talked before about turning off the electronics and trying to be as stealthy as possible, but how do you approach the spot facing sun, back to sun? We just talked about this pretty pretty intensely. I will say one thing. I hate the wind in my face, and I hate the sun in my eyes. Behind you. Always. I try Always. and keep it behind me. And that way, it's not lapping on my boat. The wind just blah, 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 yeah. blah, echoing and all yeah. that stuff. If I'm just blowing in with that breeze, it's all good. There you go. It's a good answer. And we did talk about that, so we won't really go into detail about it um that was uh one time 5.0 this is uh chad everett switzer switzer mm-hmm. when will you throw a battle shad 9.0 versus a 7.5 i think that's just like pick your poison i i prefer the 9.0 i have sized down recently just kind of like ooh, i'm getting bit on the nine but they're not eating it mm-hmm. so you size down a little bit boom okay they're eating it now I prefer the nine just because it just really gets the attention. But I understand that some guys might feel like it's a little bit too much for their water. For Southern California waters, it's never too much. Yeah. Just sometimes it's the difference between engulfing it and just slapping it, slapping it, slapping it, slapping it. And that's Makes where I sense. go, shit, dude. They even got size down a smidge. Great. Um, Alex Burton, zero, zero. Any other hobbies? Film, maybe? Yeah. Uh not at this point, really. I mean, dude, I'm consumed. I'm consumed. Fishing and uh, just family life. Family, Family's not a hobby. It's just like dude, you got to do your <laughs> yeah, like right. Do your stuff. Like maybe a hobby is like building shit for my kids' chickens. There you go. Like, <laughs> do you, does he take care of those? Those are his. Yeah, oh, those are his chickens. You don't. You don't do crap. He does. I don't them. do anything except for build shit for him. My oh, wife helps out cleaning yeah. it from time to time. But it's their responsibilities. Do they love eating the eggs? Uh, no, but I do. They don't like the eggs, dude. Those little serama eggs are, dude. I love the flavors, the eggs, like bah. yeah. 
And the orange yolk, like the, and the oh god, dude, so huge good. difference between store bought shit. Oh right? hell yeah, it looks like a completely it's different like egg. A, yeah, it's like <laughs> glowing the orange. You're like, dude, yeah, what? And then you get that. Oh, so good. I yeah. love I love eggs. Too, yeah. So. <laughs> um, this is from Alex Martinez three two four. What is the best thing to do in a scenario where, it, uh, where for example, the battle shad creeping it, and you get bit, thump, swing, and nothing? Continue to slow roll and thump again. Uh, and swing and miss again. That happens. That's Just swim bait fishing. Yeah. Like that's going to happen. I go through time and time and time that that's happening. You might come back the next day. Those same fish are now eating the bait. Yeah. So, I mean, dude, there's, so, there, there's no cut and dry answer to this stuff, but I think experience time on the water tells you like, they're just slapping the bait today. Yeah. That's what they're doing. And they might do, they might not do that to a different bait that day. You know, but you smaller, bigger, something. Yeah. Okay. It's on you. Your experience will tell you kind of like point you in the right direction. He got a speeding ticket because he was typing this. <laughs> hey, I'll give you a free shirt. How about that? You could get a casting crank shirt for getting a ticket. I got a. I don't know why you texting and typing, bro. Yeah, it's not, that you're thing against was, the law, bro. This was up for like five days. There was no rush. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, this is a good one, Andrew. Andrew. Club, C O L E B. Um, biggest fish lost at the boat. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't got you. Like, you can speculate fish tails. Like, oh, it's like nineteen pounds. That was eighteen pounds. That was seventeen pounds. Do you think you caught one bigger the, than the 17? most heartbreaking? No, no, hell no. no. Okay, no. Like, I've <laughs> seen big fish, but no, I haven't lost a fish that I'm aware of at that size next to the boat. Okay. I've lost one that was, I know a big fish, but I didn't get to see the full frame. All I got to see was the head. And I'm like, Oh, it's a big ass head. And it wasn't moving. Like it wasn't moving. That was a big fish, but the most heartbreaking one, I think that was a quality fish. And my mind has maybe inflated it a little bit, but like at the time I thought it was a teen potential fish it was like the Arizona fish where my dumbass. The net was stuck in the damn <laughs> the thing, and I'm sitting there and watching this this fat girl. But for all I know, dude, those fish look big, and then you could put them in, and you're like, oh, it's, it's like nine something. <laughs> but everybody, right. dude, the right. adrenaline's pumping, and shit just starts getting exaggerated before you know it. Dude, the mouth was as big as a steering wheel. That goes to a certain person if they watch this because we I've got, I've held him accountable for that for years because he's like, dude, I'm telling you, your mouth was as big as a steering wheel. And I was sitting in my car when I was driving. I'm like, do you know how big a steering wheel is? <laughs> and so, it goes back to your point of going, that's why I record it. So if I yeah. did catch it, you might see me flip out and go, oh, but I show you how much it weighs. Yeah. You know, that's what it is. I weigh almost every single one of them. And like the, I even weighed a damn what I thought was a three pounder the other day, I was like, Hey, let me just, let me just brush up real quick. And I put a fish on a scale and it was four, seven, five. And I was like, Oh fuck. At least I'm, I'm under, <laughs> under guessing hey, these little guys going bigger. But going. then I've been just throwing them back. Like oh, a little shitty three pounder. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, they're still fun though. I still yeah. like getting bit by them. Um, this is from Alex Martinez, three, two, four descent really make that much of a difference. For me, it does. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important. What do you use? Well, I'm not going to tell you. Oh, you have a secret scent? <laughs> no, what? No, because it's like, uh, then everybody else is going to have that scent. And like having the, no, no, having, having, this thing does quit on you. Look at it. It's back down. I'm sorry. You, you, you can hear you just fine. Because <laughs> I'm just going to compress this whole thing and fucking, you'll be able to hear you just fine. So uh, you can just 
ascent wise, just uh, something it, helps. Yeah, anything helps. There's some flavors that are great, other flavors not so much. Yeah, you can. There's sprays, gels, all kinds of stuff. I had that garlic stuff blow up in my my fucking uh in my hatch. The garlic oh, bang. Yeah, I was like, I opened it. I'm like, oh shit. Fucking everywhere it stunk like hookup baits in my fucking. <laughs> that's why they say they, they. That's why it's ground shipping only, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any experience chasing bass or carp eaters? Bass that are carp eaters. I Isn't, think that's what they're asking. I, I guess so. Uh, I don't specifically ever target bass with carp baits. It makes sense too. Mm-hmm. Like I've we've, a long time ago, I think like five years ago, we did a carp pattern mm-hmm. with the the Nate's like bait collab, that big one. Uh, there's so many damn carp in the lake, but you only ever see them of a certain size. So I'd assume that something's eating them. Yeah. Whether it's stripers or bass, bluegill, yeah. any of those predatory fish are munching on those little carp. Yeah. All the way probably up to like the <laughs> till they're non edible. <laughs> um. What are your thoughts? This is Ian Berg. What are your thoughts on how bass trap or ambush bait? I'm trying to think like in in what scenario they're talking Let's about. Let's talk toolies. Since you fish, you know, like tule line a lot, do you? I yeah, I mean, in Southern like California, good, like... Yeah, you, let's talk about that since this is where we're at right now. Well, you have, like, uh, if you're talking about bait and you got shad populations going in, you can see how that goes. They use it two ways. They'll sit and ambush from inside those tulies, or they'll corral and use the tule line. Even though those fish can penetrate the tule line, they'll corral the bait fish as if it's a wall. And you'll see them get pushed into a small cove and... And there's going to be big fish mixed in with that. They're still eating those same shad, yeah. especially when it gets into the good thread fin stuff that's like four or five inches. Yeah. In some lakes down here where you're, they look bigger in the water, they might be bigger. I don't know what the chances are. Um, trout, I think it's similar, but it's more of just quick pow. Yeah. Pow. Shooting out and clobbering it. Coming right out and that's, grabbing yeah, it. Yeah, that's like a tule. Like it's just, it's instantaneous. They want to keep that distance as short as possible. Yeah. They don't want to travel 30 feet. They're waiting for that fish to come by close so it just yeah it happens quick great um what's your longest no fish lump and what helped you overcome it that was from owen Swimbaits. no fish lump so I, was it last was it last year or the year before i think it was the year before it was I think I talked about it yeah, the last time. Yeah, I think you were time. on the podcast. What Dude, you said. it was brutal. Was it? Was it? I can't remember the old podcast. I think I feel like it may have been like close to forty-eight trips or something yeah, like you that. You said something crazy. Yeah, forty-eight trips. Yeah, brutal. Yeah. Was it just you, or was it? Dude, in order to, for me to be successful, I fucking grind and don't give up. Like, and I'm not like saying that beating my chest. No, like, dude, I suck. And I like keep going and going and, going and going and going and going. other dudes catching fish buddies and we're like, yeah, I'm doing this. Or I'm... Not that I know of. It seemed At like that time, everybody... everyone was eating it. Yeah. I mean, people were probably catching fish here and there, but like, I wasn't. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's were, just... you, were you fishing everywhere? No, I, that was staying the same yeah. thing. Like, okay. so I knew the, the water and I was hunting and seeing stuff. They just weren't cooperating. And you go through tough spots, dude. Like you yeah. go through times where the lake is just handing you your ass, yeah. and you're you're not thinking straight, or you're just not focused. I've tried to like this past year. I've completely switched my shit up. 
I caught big fish that year, mm-hmm. but it, it's not a predictable pattern. Yeah. And that's what you want. You want to play the percentages and be predictable. Like, I can go here and catch them, not just like, hope I stumble across this one today. <laughs> you know? Like, so go ahead. No, it, it's, that's truth. Yeah. Like, that's almost like, well, what, what would you recommend? Like, someone, how much time to put into, like, if you, so you work a nine to five, you can get up there as much as you can to get, to go fish on the lake, you know, and grind it out. Like, you think that's enough to to make you a good fisherman? Like, say, I got to work nine to five. I can get up there once a week. You think I could really learn that lake going once a week? You can learn it. Your yeah. learning curve is so much slower. slower yeah. I I don't know if I talked about that analogy before. It's like if a guy fishes three days a week and happens to – so he's 12 days on, on the water in a month. Yeah. He catches one double digit. Then you got the week, the guy that can only come on a Saturday. He catches one dib, double digit in a month. Who's the better angler? guy that came on saturday right yeah so just because somebody's grinding out yeah, and putting that time true. but then you're comparing the anglers and it's just circumstances they might have been biting on a exactly. Saturday. like that's, you get it all that's the, the luck percentage of yeah, it yeah so <laughs> it's like just do what you can fish when you can and just hope for the best yeah this is from uh ryan barbosa since summer swim bait fishing is ass what's your approach to being more successful in getting those bites I mean, it's ask him. I don't know. <laughs> it's it, 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 some people seem like they crush it, like is which is shocking. Summer. Um, what was the second part of his question? Uh, what um, are your approach to getting those bites during the summer? I guess there is no approach. Uh, that's still like a long-lasting goal I've had. Is I want to catch a double digit in the quote-unquote summertime. Yeah. It hasn't happened. <laughs> so uh, I, I have nothing to offer. <laughs> Uh, this one's from Shady Now One Two. You already answered it. What's your uh, thoughts on scent? We talked about that. Uh, this is from Eric Tunegi. Tunegi fishing. Uh, I fish Lake Mead in Nevada, Arizona with swim baits. Is it overkill to be throwing a ten-inch swim bait? I have confidence, but it's a, a tough lake. But I'm looking for a giant. That's some like you got to do some of your own like self reflection. If you're gonna go out there and throw a, a ten inch bait, but you've never you haven't gotten bit on like a seven inch bait, maybe start with the seven inch, bro. Build that confidence up till you get to that. Yeah, okay, I yeah. I like I used to fish little Lake San Marcos that's down here. It's a, like a, a fifty five and up community. It was then fifty five and up. Yeah. When I first started throwing swim baits there, I started with a the six inch HUD. And then you got bit on it. You're like, oh, shit. Okay, they're biting these. Yeah. Do I go to an 8-inch hut? Never got bit on an 8-inch hut. But Just they'll bite 9-inch hard bits. Really? So you kind of yeah. like start – you can start testing those waters. Yeah. Like I just wouldn't go swinging for the fences because you're just going to – you could just end up disappointing yourself. Yeah. Right. Um, this one's from Caden Kuman. Uh, what made you switch from skateboarding film industry over to the fishing? Do you still have any interest towards skating? I didn't like switch. It wasn't just like a, a light switch type of thing. It's just a natural progression of my interest, my hobbies. How much skating can I still do? Like, I mean, there's so much that comes into play to it. So yeah, I still, I still like sitting there looking at skate videos and stuff like that. And, you still skate and being a, lot? a fan? No, 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 no. The last, <laughs> no, that's where I go. There's more to it. Like, <laughs> there's a lot at risk now being the sole income, and if you get hurt, there's a lot of things I can't do anymore. If I actually get hurt so like if you fall and if i break my arm i'm not pouring baits that's not it's a rat coming yeah. i mean there's like shit that you got to think about and you're like Ooh. 
That I know, makes sense. I know it's like a cop-out bullshit excuse, it's not, but it's like the it's reality not, at the same you, time. You know what happened to me? Mm-mm. I fell on my bike when I was in my band, and I couldn't play drums. They were fucked. Yeah. So they were like, you fucked us. I have no drummer. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I was riding my bike. Well, maybe you shouldn't be riding your fucking bike, you know? Yeah. These things get said to you, though, too. That's what's funny. When I worked in the skate industry, like... There would be like, hey, dude, maybe you calm, calm down a little bit. You're going a little bit too hard. If you hurt yourself, like, then you're not going to be able to like film. And like, that's going to be an issue. See? And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I get it. Like, they're looking at it from a business perspective as your employer going, it's Don't like a sound, dude. Yeah. It's like a, ju- a gentle nudge. Like, yeah. hey, bro, just heads up. <laughs> heads up. Um, first swim bait you ever owned, night bite. Well, that's the guy's name. Oh, yeah. First swim bait. That's Chuckrin, isn't it? Isn't Night Bite Chuckrin? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is. First swim bait I ever owned. Are we counting like what we classify as swim baits or what just the general market classifies? General market? No. Bro, I was was catching fucking crappie on those little fucking storm, like two inch. Let's talk about your first big bass swim bait that you owned. Oh, it'd be a HUD. HUD? Yeah, HUD for days. Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. This one's from Chow. C-H-C-C-H-O-W-W. Uh, any new riggings, innovative baits, or ideas coming out soon? Not soon, but there's, st- all, there's stuff, stuff in the work. Yeah, there's like three or four unreleased like baits out there that are like pretty much almost done. How long do those take you to, to uh, R&D? Um, that's... Once you kind of start knowing what needs to be done when you're making baits, you your your progression is that much faster. What what you try and push the boundaries a little bit, and then you go, oh shit, I got to step it back a little. I'm getting outside the realm; it's not working. I, and then, but that gives you the hint. So, uh, like we have, I have a bluegill that's probably like a year. Oh, in that was right a question. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, dude. I still got that stupid frog thing and I've kind of let it go because I see other people are coming out with these frog things and I'm like, mm, I'm not, I completely switched it to make it unique to the market. So uh, that's, that's your that, biggest thing. I that's think like as seven a, years in or something now. As a bait maker though, you try to do something completely different usually than everyone else's. Bro, right? what the, like. Because this is the thing to me. Here's one for, from me. How many glides can you come out with? Everyone has a fucking glide. You're, it's like. It's like, like Zoolander. Magnum and Blue Steel, they're like the same. Look, bro, it's the same thing. And it does nobody a favor if everybody's chasing somebody else. Like, make your own shit. And it will catch fish because it's different. But it's 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 hard. And I'm not talking about people making baits no, look no. like a fish. I'm talking about the action. Maybe the tail's different. Maybe the fin position does something to the bait. All yeah. these little variables that add in. Maybe the, the position of that joint. Yeah, I, yeah, that's just like a can of worms. It's just like so hard to crack open. Yeah. It's like people should take the time, be inspired by their own ideas, their own needs as a fisherman, and make baits that way. Not look and go, oh, those are popular, those are popular, those what are you popular. Think nowadays it's easy. A lot of people are doing that. Like, hey, 100%. I can make a glide and just... Copy lines 100%. Like this idea of like adding weights to a hard bait as some revolutionary idea. Like, nah, dude, people have been doing that shit for days. Or like, I've had people tell me multiple times, not just like one individual tell mm-hmm. me, oh, like I'm just putting a, a weighted pocket in a hollow cavity because that's like what people do. It goes, that's not what people did five years ago. 
but you see it so plagiarized now that you think it's acceptable to put it on your baits. Like it's just common knowledge. Well, that, I guess it, it's almost right? like, like it's, it's like this. The bait flipped. Come to me. Talk to me about it. We can work things out. Yeah. Like be straight up with persons. Like I'm trying to work with other bait makers right now so that we can set a standard of like this is how it's done properly. If you're going to be that dude that operates outside these channels because you made a different fucking Dremel mark on it and then you call it your own, that's bullshit. Like just because you changed the lines on the bait doesn't mean it's different. But then this is hard because there's, there's so nothing many... hard about that. That's very plain. No, and no, no. But you have 50 people that are making glides that are pretty much how many of them are the same thing. There's a patent owner on a glide, though. There's a patent owner on the glide. Who owns the patent? I know who, but I'm like, uh, dude, I don't want to get into it. I don't know. I'm just asking. I'm a final fucking no, Mike. That information's out there. But see, I think the problem is, is like, how do you change? How do you chase those people down? You can't. I'm not, yeah, you yeah. And there's a difference between a, a, um, a garage guy doing it. Or a production guy. Okay. Okay. So t- to the garage I'm, guy. Like, garage guys should be working together to all make better products with each other and okay. keeping it straight up like 100% with each other and going, hey, dude, I really like what you did there. Is it cool if I incorporate that onto my bait? Hey, I'll break you off a little chunk for each bait sold, but it, I'm going to style it to match my bait. Yeah, that's sick. We're working together. We're going to push this to like, we're going to innovate more by working together. But that's like being telling stuck everyone to wear same. a fucking mask. No, it's not. <laughs> you know, like, so, like so, I'm going to get like, you're going to get, and I'm just playing devil's advocate. This is, I'm not, you know, like, I like So you're hear. arguing saying, your argument is saying me seeing a HUD tail and then going, wow, that tail really works. I'm just going to put it on mine. You're saying that's like wearing a mask. No, no. But if this guy molds something that carves it out, that looks just like it. He made it, he carved it out, it might look like it, but it's his own deal. There's still the idea and concept of first to market. So like if something existed and you didn't know, that's because you didn't do your research. You don't come out to market with it. But that's like that's like having a with music or like with a what's podcast. I'm not the fucking only podcaster. Like there's plenty of dudes that do it. There's a million guys now that do it. It is what it is, you know, like if that's gonna make it harder for me to do something well so if somebody took your podcast your podcast your voice my voice and just tweak the dials a little bit so they sounded just a smidge different (laughs) you'd be okay with it that's what you're you're saying i get i get okay okay i'm just making sure we're clear Because that's what we're talking but about. But see, this is the hard part. That's is when you understand the nuances that go into a bait, then you can have the argument. This this peanut gallery online that do not understand the nuances, no argument. And they no, cannot and have I'm not disagreeing with when you. When I can pour resin into a competitor's bait and go, wow, that's crazy. That's the exact same as my insert. That's shocking. But this Dude, is where I'm just playing but devil's it's advocate. Okay I agree with you 100%. Sorry, uh, I'm ranting on this no, stuff. No, no. This is stuff that no one's talking about. Like, this is something like... Because everybody sugarcoats it. Nobody wants to, like, ruffle feathers. I'm not calling certain but people out. Wise, but plastic-wise, I feel like you kind of have your... No one's... To me, no one's doing what you do. Pouring soft plastics There's, with your deal. But there are people copying. I'm sure there are. But with glides, I feel like... Dude, you could... I could name a million glides off 
top of my hand right now that all kind of do the same shit. You know? Yeah. Uh, let me like clear something up real uh-huh. quick. I'm talking about it from a personal point of view, but I'm also talking about it f- as an angler. Yes. Dude, we need innovation. If guys are just chasing other dudes' shit, there's no innovation happening. So it's, it comes down to like, hey, JSJ, he's got something. If somebody goes and knocks him off or copies his shit, I'm going to be bummed about that. Dude, he's already done that. Yeah. He's already provided yeah. that experience. Make something else. I mean, you can go down the list. So it's for me. It stagnates the market in a sense if everybody's just copying everybody's shit. All you're doing is taking that pie and now breaking it up into a million fragments instead of going, I'm just going to make my own pie. And that's I'm creating a new pie. But how do you get people to fucking be part of that with you? Like, there's no way to get dudes to go like, you got a guy that carved a bait that looks exactly like someone else's. He goes, I fucking carved this. Well, kind of looks like that. But see, but you're, I made you're getting it, into you know? you're getting into what it looks like. I'm talking about the physical aspects that okay. make a bait okay, 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 work. Okay. There's right. a huge difference. A fish is a fish, but a, swim. a tail yes. design, okay. the shape, the how the cuts, and how the water moves around it, or fin placement, how those fins stick out, how much they're recessed, all these things, those make a bait. Not that it looks like a fish. That doesn't make a bait. So you would be up for like, say, someone was like, "Yo, I got an idea for this thing." Say it's a guy, saltwater guy. I love your bait. I'd love to do collaboration with you where we do a saltwater version of this that maybe has a stiffer plastic mm-hmm. and it'll work and it's a little cheaper because the calicos rip those things in half. You would be like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Yeah. any uh, The same way any other legitimate company yeah, that's trying yeah, to be yeah. transparent, you go, okay, what are you selling your bait at? This is what I would charge for this specific thing. And it's just like a set price per bait. I'm having these conversations with other dudes that's right cool. now. How you how you move forward so that I think they're doing some cool shit. Could I put my own tail out there that isn't this tail, but it is that tail? Sure. But what's the better way to do it? Make your own shit, bro. No. <laughs> no, just go, hey, I like no, that tail. I know ta- what you're saying. I like yeah. that tail too. Is it cool if I like use that tail, but I'm gonna make it like cosmetically match my bait? Or there's harnesses. There's all kinds of shit, dude. Yeah, it just yeah. go. Like, there's no. I, you I can work with dudes, like unless you're just maybe, trying to. But be, people like, don't know that. You know, I don't think people people because people uh, don't ask. Well, this, you're, you're an intimidating this, fucking dude. You no, think no, people no, are going to no. want to ask dude, you, dude? This doesn't. This isn't like this conversation is bigger. It's bigger yeah, no, than no, me. No, no, no. I know this what you're goes saying. back for years, years and years and years. If you ask and a dude tells you no, then yeah, maybe you have some. Go, okay, I got to design some yeah. shit that doesn't infringe on dude's patent, doesn't infringe on his intellectual property or whatever, then I'm good to go. But if you never even ask the dude, you're the fucking asshole. Yeah, 100%. Like, dude, I mean, like, that's common sense. But dudes will sit there and justify it every single way of, like, why it's different. Well, you know, it's different because, like, he's got five lines carved into it. I have six. You know, but it that's, looks that's, the same. I get what you're saying. Yeah, it looks like all the. I sound like a there. whiny bitch talking about this stuff. It's just like bamboozling to like for my brain to sit there and go, "How do you justify this?" But not for my baits, just in general. Yeah. Like, dude, this is all the same shit. Like this wasn't recently there like an argument about the who's the first five piece or some shit like that. I don't know. Like, because Hinkle's coming out with that that bait. Oh, really? I He's don't been working know. on that forever. But like, ask Hinkle himself. He's like. Bro, people are trying to say I had like the the first like four piece or five, whatever that was. Yeah. He knows that's not. It, it, but nobody's asking him. 
there's been people making that shit way before. Yeah. You know, like, so it just trudges into. Like, but the thing is, is like, maybe you'll change someone's mind. This is what I'm trying to say. This is what I like about the podcast. You get to hear from Gilbert, Mike Gilbert himself. So maybe you'll change someone's mind because you're going, yeah, I fucking care about this. This pisses me off. I'm telling you what I think. So maybe some dudes will be like, fuck, maybe. How many baits have you seen out there that you think are remotely similar? This, now I'll speak on mine. Remotely similar to what I'm offering, whether it's a citizen or a battleship. Probably five. You think there's five? There, I know. There, I'm not going to bring them up. There's, there's plenty more than that. I've seen them and I'm like, wow. You How know? many people have approached me about doing anything and like wanting to put it on? No one. 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 Oh, one. one. That's cool. Yeah, one. Because what did you tell he, him? Because he, I said I'd do something and then he said, you know what? I'm just going to – I'm going to – do something different. Cool. Totally fine. Cool. Yeah. But that's the right way to do it. I go, hey, you got to put incentive on me too. Like if you're going to put this on your baits and you're going to do this, I want other aspects of your bait. I don't want you to make the exact same of what I'm doing. Yes. Like just because I agreed to something or somebody else, like where's the incentive? Like I don't want to agree to something that's just you're make you're making this bait. It's Copying the same exact bait. But you can yeah. use elements of a bait yeah. on completely different baits. I mean, look at like look at like a DRT bait. The tail design. That's like a patented thing. Not from DRT. That is an agreement with another company. That's a legitimate way of doing it. If that was here in the States, it seems like people would just be like, fuck it. I'm just doing it. <laughs> no, it's true. It's the what you're talking about. It's it's all true. And yeah. it would be cool to get a group of dudes to go like, hey, let's, you know, like. It's not cool. It's just respect. Like straight up respect of like, hey, you made something. I like it. Let's work together on it. It's that simple. What do you do when you see someone that has like a bait like yours? You kind of like, hey, bro, do you think you could stop making that? It's like exactly. I, don't, I don't say shit. I don't want to get into any long time. Like, dude, no. like, we've talked about this. Yeah, My yeah. social media presence is like which sound disturbing just saying that, like social media presence, but it's like... Look at this guy, big swinging dick over here, huh? Yeah. <laughs> no, just like, I don't I don't want to engage with shit like that. I just act like it, like you're dead to me in a sense. Like, I just ignore it. I'll keep tabs on you and see like what stuff's going. I'll still creep around, but I don't engage with it. I don't want to get in that pissing contest. You know what you're doing. You can try and justify it however you want to. It is it is what it is. Like, See, and we, and we had a great conversation off here, me and Mike, about... He changed my perspective about something. So like, who will ask, hey, did you ask this person to be on or this person? And I'll be like, yeah, they just, they seen it. They didn't respond. So I'm like, ah, whatever, fuck them then, you know? And you go, but what are you not thinking about? Like maybe he's not worrying about you responding to you, but putting a fire out. Mm -hmm. And you probably do the same thing. You get a shitload of people probably commenting. You. It's like, is this important? Like where I got to go, oh, this is an issue. Let me put it out. And I didn't think of that way. So maybe I go, oh, maybe you're, you're fucking right, man. I'm learning every time, every day, dude, and that's something that I learned that you said I'm taking. Wow, that's, that's a really good example, you know? Just slide, like what I put it to you is just like I'm sliding around and just putting out little fires here and there of like people that reach out that are customers or whatever, somebody that's having a, a negative experience, just sliding in trying to make sure I can do what I can to mm -hmm. make them feel better about it. I don't have time to go through every single D DM and just answer every single question. Especially when I provide an email that 90% of the time has the information listed in there. So that's why now I kind of respond, are you subscribed to an email? Because if you are, do the information's there. But I just slide in there, 
put out a fire, try and make things right, slide into the emails, do the exact same thing, and then try and step on out. Because I, I don't, I want to see what people are doing, but I also don't want to like break my own brain. And I, you see that happening more and more and more with Insta, like social media, just people just lose, like, it's just like a black hole, it's an abyss, it just, it's just a time suck for the most part. Right. Get in there, share that moment, share that joy, do your thing, get out, slide on out. Yeah. You know? And I think that's a great perspective. I wanted to kind of bring that up too. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. We'll get back on the questions after we did our rant. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that bait stuff, dude, I, I know I'm horrible with that stuff. No, I mean, it's, it's something that had to be said, and I'm glad you said something because it's the truth. It's what's happening right now. It's my perspective. You know? I don't know if it's the truth. It's just my perspective. Well, it's things. a good yeah. perspective. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. And, uh, okay. Um, let's see. Yes. Just finished that one. Uh, Kazuki Big Bait, Arizona. How are fish in your local lake reacting to the clash frenzy? Right now, I've thrown it just to throw around and test, but I think I'm not going to live by the sword and die by the sword with the frenzy. It's a massive bait. It seems like the best opportunity for that bait for me, just using experience on the water, it would be like once you have a fish that you've isolated, like that's where they're at. That's when I go back and target it. I'm not okay. just covering water with a 17-inch bait, <laughs> like, no. Nah. Because I, I do, I do think I think that plate, that bait's gonna be responsible for some big fish for some guys. But I also think that I can pu- get those fish pulled out and interested on a 10-inch bait too. Like, what's going on? But they may not commit to it, but they're gonna check it out. The big one will definitely pull more out, more eyeballs. But how is your stamina? Can you keep up with that all day long? Me, I know I can. That's like, a heavy fucking bait, yeah. right? Yeah, kudos to dudes that can, but like, I'm like that's a big, that's a big dog. <laughs> um, what's the biggest thing you've learned uh, from making and selling your own baits? That's from Eli Hack Five. Making and selling my own baits. There's a lot of good ass dudes out there. A lot more than people will ever know. Uh, but they don't speak up and you get bombarded by a lot of like a lot of negative but if you actually just take a step back look at it from 55,000 feet you can actually see like for every one person that's going to lose their mind and scream at you about something that they didn't get the bait there's 400 guys that were didn't say a peep and so you have to learn to not focus on that aspect and focus on all the positive like side of it. And even though they're not saying it, them not saying something is a positive. Yeah. And that's the stuff that like my wife and I try and like be like, oh, that's, I think that's the biggest thing is like the overwhelming aspect of impact of running a business and inter engaging and interacting with customers and stuff like that. And how you kind of move, move around in that space. I don't know. It's no, I, that's I probably agree like 100%. the biggest take because I didn't have that experience before. So, yeah. Um, Let's see. This one is from Kelton Carlson. Do you feel moon phases and time of day and night play a part in swim baiting? If so, what moon phase or time of day do you key in on? Yeah, I, th- I feel like this is like a uh, kind of like getting to be like a, a, a hot topic and a broken record for a lot of dudes. But yeah, it, it definitely has. And uh, I, t- I do like the quarters before the moons at this point. Back when I didn't have the luxury to choose. I fished when I could. 
Yeah. Blake was open Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. Regardless <laughs> of the moon, I was going. Do you keep track? And yeah, you notice that there's behavior, like pattern there. But there's a huge difference between a Wednesday and a Saturday. There's two days happening there. There's a huge difference between a Sunday and a Wednesday. There's a lot happening there. So it's hard to really get a, a thing going. Mm-hmm. Now, I can pick and choose my days a little bit more. I'm focusing on those specific days because I still only have limited time. But I go, boom, I want the, this time frame. But like this week specifically... What time is the moon setting at this week? I have no clue. Bro, it's like up all day long. Is it? So I'm still going. Yeah. But I'm all... (laughs) Get beat up. Yeah. (laughs) But see, this is where you get the curveball. I've caught big fish in those phases, and you wouldn't catch them if you didn't go and try. Yep. So. 100%. Um, How do you like to fish the battle shad? And uh, as in, do you like sandy bottom, rocky bottom? And if so, what speed do you like? Uh, I definitely like it on a slow to medium or medium retrieve, depending on how much weight I have and what I'm what I'm fishing. Like if I'm fishing like that covered, I might want it a little higher in the water so I got a less weight in it. Uh, I I prefer not to fish a sandy bottom, but I'm like kind of stuck in an artificial fish bowl right now, so yeah. there's a lot of like <laughs> sand and clay and a little love boulders there, yeah. but. I keep it at a decent clip, and the deeper I go, the more weight I pump into that bad boy, like the tungsten nails, so that I'm like, do, do, do. I've tried to explain it before, but think of an astronaut running across the surface of the moon. Makes it's sense. not going, do, 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 do. it's going, almost jumping. Yeah, like a jump, skipping, like a skip. skipping. There you go, skipping. There's yeah. a, just try and imagine that there's like this much diff, I don't know, two or three feet, maybe even a little bit further in between each contact of the bottom. Okay. But, 99% of the time, it needs to be making contact with the bottom. Yeah. Okay. Um, this one is from Kevin Zap Fishing. What's your favorite glide bait of all time? I mean, dude, it's a toss-up. The The 250 is a great bait. Uh, Butch helped. <laughs> I'm just laughing. Butch helped with a lot of the color schemes <laughs> because – if you were fishing it prior to Butch having his colors, you know it was a it was there was some rough stuff to get out there. My favorite, my still though, my favorite of the depths two fifty has always been the I believe it. It's like the Biwa Masu. It almost had like a bass pattern. It could be a multiple fish pattern, carp, whatever. It was a good representation. Uh, but the two fifty is great, and then the, the Hinkle Glide was great, great bait. A uh, little bit of tweaking. If it sat high in the water, high, fl- low float, I guess, like a light hinkle trout is like, fucking glides. <laughs> the original joint system, dude, hinkle, let's get that throwback edition because, <laughs> dang, the screw eyes, yeah, you break them, but so. Yeah. Ca- caught fish, man. Yeah. Um, can you tell us about your first double hold, digit hold, or big fish? Well, let me, let me follow up on the glide thing. Those are the OG glides. Now you're into like the new stuff where, I mean, do you consider clashes like a glide bait? I I fish it a lot like a glide. But you can fish it so many different ways. Exactly. So like that's the other aspect. And like that's the change of like, okay, you have glides and then now you're going to have other baits coming out of Japan that are glides and something else. Yes. So like the clash dude is, it's... They're a super hot commodity, but there's a reason. Like, people love the shit because you can do a lot with them. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, Your first double digit are big fish. Uh, 
first maybe first ten pounder. The one like I'm gonna go Manny Cheese story on you like, but it, it's like this was actually like I put it on a scale, a spring scale. It was out of Lake San Marcos, and it was like that where that first time where you're like, holy shit! I put a shoe next to it and I took a photo. You know the classic like <laughs> just getting into this. Yeah. Here's for reference. You're like this thing's like two and a half shoes, <laughs> and then I had it on a spring scale, and if I remember at the time, it was like. 4.7 something kilograms. It was a dude kilogram spring scale. Yeah. So that like now knowing like if you get in that four point, I think it's like 4.5 range, you're 10 pounds plus. Fuck. So yeah, it, like that was the first big one is just laying on the grass next to a shoe. <laughs> what was that on? Um, That was on, I think it was on like a four or five inch like shiner. Because you could buy Shiner at the local sh- shop. It was either on a Shiner or on a plastic worm. But it was oh, not really? on swim bait. It was not on swim bait. How old like, were you at this time? I don't know. Go back like 12 years ago that, or something. you yeah, really yeah. got back into fishing 12 years ago? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> that was like, dude, like the progression was so quick. And you know what's even crazier about that fish? I didn't know it at the time. But now I'd go, there was a reason why that fish was sitting there. This two-foot shelf with the outside point. That rolled off into eight feet. That lake is naturally not deep, but there's a huge difference between two feet and eight feet. And that fish was just sitting on the little pocket of the eight foot side, just right in there. Mm-hmm. And it just, yeah, Fuck. I got it. I think it was on a shiner. I feel like it's, it's on a shiner, but it may have been on a black because I was throwing both of those like at that same time. Like you could just sit and have a beer and watch <laughs> the shiner line be moving around and shit. And then you'd just be like, and you could catch crappie and bass just like sitting on a dock yeah it's fun man oh great time um i got that photo of the shoe somewhere somewhere (laughs) it's classic uh what was your inspiration for making bait um let's see sorry uh for making bait that is alex burton zero zero inspiration for making baits is just needing to come up with something that i can fish in the areas i need to fish them there were other, you know, quote, unquote, like snagless, weedless baits, but they, they didn't do what they were advertised to do. Like you could not throw it in there and actually retrieve the bait out. <laughs> so I didn't know what yeah. the definition of, of like a weedless or snagless, snagless bait is. Now I'm not talking about just like getting some grass draping across the uh, line tie. Like I'm talking about throwing it into some like heavy cover. And even if you're making a bad cast, you can likely kind of just gently get that bait out. That's, so that's why like I'm fishing yeah. a lot of Thule bound lakes and I've blown so many casts over the years I go I need something that I, if I screw up I can still get the bait out yeah um Tom McIntosh I think he mm-hmm. asked about the bluegill so you kind of answered that one already uh Gavin Braid 10169 <laughs> question for Mike when was the first time you were ever introduced to swim bait, swim bait fishing? What made you realize that swim bait fishing was what you wanted to do? I, I, I feel like I came across it organically in this. And you talk about stuff, stuff just starts getting foggy in your mind, but I feel like it was organic. My introduction to swim baits, like maybe I saw it at a tackle shop or I saw something online. I, I, I like the, the researching like after catching the big fish and being like, well, dude, they're fucking like, what else are they eating? They got to eat some yeah. bigger shit. So like, but it was just uh, organic. And were they asking the first 
Uh, who got you into it and what made you want to do it? I wanted to catch bigger fish. Like I grew up king salmon fishing. So like these little two pound bass just ain't, they ain't cutting it. Like, and yeah, I don't know. I'm yeah. not a huge salt dude. So it's like a totally like, well, what, yeah. can I, what can I do? Um, this one is macro muncher. How does the wind affect the bite? Yeah. For me, I mean, all this stuff needs to have like that statement in front. This is my experience. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm not saying that. Uh, I like a little bit of wind. I hate fishing in a full blowout, but your opportunity is still there. I have zero faith when it's glass calm. That's just for me. I have zero yeah. faith. Dude, when I feel like I'm baking in an oven, it's just like you can see a mile into the water. I'm like, dude. So the wind helps. Yeah. I like it to my back. Yes. The cast goes so much further. You get that going way out there and i don't hear the water slapping on the side of the boat it's quiet yeah even if you're tucked into the toolies the toolie, it, it, it's quiet so makes sense yeah. um how can i this is from kt clowers 19 how can i target the biggest bass in a lake that fish tend to eat tiny shad but the lake has gizzards bluegill carpy and other forage targeting the biggest bass in your lake is like it's kind of on you. There's no specific method. Every 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 body of water is going to be unique in its own experience. But figuring out what they're eating is a huge key. Figuring out where those big fish are located. And the only way you can do it is like the old adage, like time on the water, dude. <laughs> but throwing a bait that's going to help them reveal themselves, that helps a ton. A surge bait almost. Yeah, yeah doing yeah. your homework. Yeah. Like I'm not trying to go out there on like big bass sightseeing tours. Like – I want to catch those fish. Yeah. I don't want to just see big fish. Like, oh, dude, this thing gets so many followers. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Like, we're out there to catch the big fish. <laughs> yeah. But you can use that as an advantage of like, okay, I got to go back. Like, they were interested, and that's where. How long will you wait to go back when you see something come out a follower? An hour or two. Oh, really? Yeah, just give them give them a little rest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is from uh, Pragmatic Fishing. What is one thing you wish everyone else? Uh, people who buy your bait understood or knew about your company and the way it functions. And what is the biggest thing you've learned to overcome from being in this specific business? It's kind of a lot there. What was the first section? The first section is what is, what is one thing that you wish everyone else understood or knew about your company and the way it functions? Well, I think, I think our true, like, um, Customer, the people that have been around for a long time, they've been like supportive. Like there's there's a handful of people that are recognizable people. They're consistent. They're good communication with them. Uh, like that's awesome. But I think we're starting to get into boundaries where not everybody understands that we're not Amazon or we're not like a huge company. Even though we may have like that representation, like we are, it's still just a mom and a pop that are doing, you know, taking care of the kids, doing all this other stuff and doing the company all at the same time. So sometimes we want to deliver the best we can, but also kind of curtail expectations where you go, hey, dude, we, we, we can't get into that realm. Do you give a like, turnaround time? No, but I, I, me as a customer, like, like this is the longest turnaround time we had where we had like a 24-hour delay because we were running out of shipping materials and – 
I had already ordered it, but because it's the holidays, there was a delay on that. Yeah, and so yeah. we basically had a 24-hour delay because the ship, remaining shipping materials hadn't showed up. So that's why it took like an extra 24 hours um, to get it. But I want that stuff starting to go within 24 hours. But if it's on a Saturday, it's not going to go out till Monday. But you should get your tracking either starting Saturday night or through Sunday. That's pretty quick. Like yeah. I can't see why anyone would be like do people 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 have different expectations. I mean, dude, why do you think that people people think that they should get free shipping? They're so programmed by certain things. It's not free shipping. No. Somebody's paying for it. Like shirts, that's why I quit I, doing it. I caught a lot of But see, that's the problem. I have Fuck a, that. I have a classic. You know what you want to be this is a classic thing. If you want to be truly supportive of a company, Buy a motherfucking t-shirt. It's the easiest thing to help support. You make your percentage points mm-hmm. off of it. There's not a lot of back and forth. You're out there repping, like repping it. And they, as the business, are like hyped. They're like, dude, this is great. Yeah. Then you, you like, okay, I'm doing something. I'm not complaining. I'm not... Buy a motherfucking t-shirt is like something Ben and I have talked about it for years. Dude, it's, it's like, like 20 bucks, 25 bucks, whatever. Yeah. I mean... But expectations are so such a trip. But it's easy to focus on the people that will send you the nasty emails and cuss at you. Like, dude, that's the shocking thing, I guess, in that in answer yeah, to that. People flip out like People that. losing their minds and people that are legitimate human beings at places sending you emails where they're screaming vulgarities at you in emails. Oh, my God. Dude. Caps, all this stuff. Caps are and you, it's, ex, ex, it's It's like, exactly, when it's in caps lock, they're yelling. <laughs> You're like, oh, man. That stuff takes a toll, too, dude. It takes a toll on me, and then it takes a toll on my wife because I'm bitching and crying about the nasty emails that I'm reading to her. And she's just I like, know, oh. I know. Yeah, yeah. You know the like. Oh, I do. Dude, I, yeah. I've gotten shit where I'm like, this fucking son of a... Tell my wife, you know, like, and I'm like, she's like, just calm down. Who cares? Whatever. But like I said, I mean, the, the, the thing is, there's a lot of good people out there. Mm-hmm. A lot of good people. They don't speak up. They're on social media. They keep quiet. There's a lot of good people out there that have no expectations, want to be supportive. I think that's the biggest. There is a little bit of like renewed faith in humanity if you just think about it for a second. You're like, yeah. oh, there's some good ass people out there. No, 100%. Yeah. Um, let's see. Upcoming. Yeah, uh, this is from uh, Kimoni, I think. Um, do you have any upcoming trout profile baits in the works? Not to be released like anytime soon. I have them, I'm fishing them, but like, I mean, that's stuff, particulars I need to work out. Yeah. You know, design stuff. If I do it, like, uh, yeah. Yeah. This is a good one. This is from Eric uh, Graylina. Graylin, can you do a kickflip? I can still do a kickflip. You can? Yeah, without a doubt. (laughs) It might be a little mob, but it's going to still happen. It's gonna uh, happen. Um, Fuck kind of quick kickflip question is it? Yeah, I got that. <laughs> uh, the fishing bros. Any hard bait solely from working class zero? No collaborations in the works. Am I? You're am I gonna be doing any hard? Yeah. No, not any time no. in the next couple of years. No. Okay. Um, we've kind of talked about the collaboration stuff. Uh, ooh, this might be a good time to talk about it since the DRT stuff was firing. We just that stuff all came and gone. We're basically going to do a reload of that coming this april it's if everything goes according to plan we never know the future now with all the COVID stuff <laughs> yeah. factories all that stuff 
come late April, maybe into May, we, we, we're going to be doing Joy Thief again. So okay. Joy Thief 2. Cool. Like, yeah, so. That, um, that's good. It's awesome. Yeah, much more. People will have more <laughs> options. There was already a lot of them the last yeah. time. This, like, tri- triple fold type of thing. I don't know. Yeah. This is from Ryan Anderson. Um, I know you have said you don't throw a hard bait as much as you used to. But what makes you pick up a hard bait, specifically the Hinkle Trout, over the soft bait? A lot of what goes through my mind on that is looking around and going, what are the fish potentially going to be eating and what kind of pressure are they getting with those tools? So, I mean, when I was really throwing the Hinkle a lot, nobody I had that advantage that nobody else was throwing it. That was a huge advantage. I'm not oblivious to that. Yeah. Nobody else was throwing it. <laughs> Same way as like early days. If you had the 250 before other people, you could see that progression. Lights on, then the dimmer started hitting. You can still catch fish on it. It's just not what it was. It's like the swim bait dudes from 25 years ago where they're like, I ain't fucking throwing swim baits anymore. Yeah. Dude, are you kidding me? <laughs> You know, it's, it's like, true. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. You didn't say, I don't know how to explain those things. Just kind of like, oh, some new shit. I'll be throwing it. You know, I still have the hinkles. But you, just, you try to throw new shit a lot, right? Like something different. New shit, something different. There you go. You can different. make that hinkle look different yes. by doing different things, yeah. lightening those hooks up. I mean, dude, go down the list. Yeah. There's a lot of variables. Okay. So, yeah, variables. What's your favorite sandwich? That's from uh, Lake Roach. <sighs> Dude's favorite sandwich, dude. They know that's somebody under a hidden <laughs> fucking. Inch. Uh, my favorite sandwich, dude. Two brothers from Italy in Vista. They got the Palo special. It's fire. <laughs> it's it. But I'm out here in Fallbrook, so I got to stick with just like a chain supply. That's it's not cutting it, but it's like the thir- number thirteen at Jersey Mike's. That's what they say, Jersey Mike's. <laughs> it's not cutting it though, dude. I got to have special treatment on. I'm like, can you grill it like this way? Well, you know, like do this. No, I don't want it Mike's way. I want it this way. Like, uh. <laughs> uh, um, this is from Bass Assassin. Uh, fishing super shallow, like three to four feet. There's a question mark. What do you think of it? Oh. D- it can happen. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, dude, there's been, I don't believe that all big fish are in two to three feet of water. Like, I've heard some people say, like, where you're like, what? Like, no, but at times, those fish will be up there, especially if you're on the bedfish brigade and you want to get out there and molest the nest. <laughs> there's a lot of fish up there. <laughs> molest the nest, dude. That's a new one for me. I like that. <laughs> no, but no, there's ample opportunity in two or three feet. Dude, you can see them sitting in such shallow water sometimes that their back's practically out of the yeah. water. uh what up mike this is from r vade what up mike do you still uh fish conventionally you already said no and do you have respect for any good bass caught on a conventional style no matter what the style like with this is i don't think i get articulate this point often like when i talk about trophy bass fishing i like to pursue that with swim baits there are plenty of guys that can go out there, throw a jig, throw a worm. They're targeting big fish. Mm-hmm. I think that's 100% commendable. Like, There's nothing short. It's The idea is chasing the big fish in your body of water. I don't give a shit how you caught it. Like, If you're doing it legit, that's what it's about. Go out same there. Respect, as you would, same some, respect. Same respect. Some, some yeah, there's nothing guys. special about the okay. swim bait. Yeah. It's, it's same respect. It's like, just a tool so, you use. Yeah. Okay. Um. What's the most memorable moment you've had from filming with Zero Mystery? 
Could you could you share a uh, scary moment, possibly or a heavy trick, funny moment, something like that? Anthony Catlow. Uh, there's, I mean, dude, there's a lot scary moments though that stick out. Uh, I mean, we got a couple times guns pulled, like stuff like that. Like that's that's the generic stuff. You go to certain parts of the world, that's how it yeah. kind of goes. Then uh, there's a lot of good memories from being on those trips. It's really hard. To, like I should have looked at them first because then I would have had like <laughs> yeah. an actual memory. Uh, fuck. Uh, I don't know, dude. There's a lot. There's a lot. Like that's a whole different like. It's a different world, man. Yeah. I mean, you've been out of yeah. it for a while, right? Yeah. But those are all, I mean, good times. They're like bros, like brothers at the end where you're like fighting in the van and arguing. like, And then then you're like, it's all forgotten. Yeah. Later on, like, oh, dude, whatever. <laughs> like, it's just how it is. Like, um, This one is, and we kind of talked about this, Rice Vaughn opinion on mass manufactured versus small batched custom bait and the benefits to both of them. I think they both have their place. What I want to see is if, if a ma- mass production bait introduce people to the market, like to swim baits. But most of us know that mass produced baits aren't. Sorry, dude. <laughs> I got a perfect. <laughs> It came out of nowhere. Oh. That's going to be the promo video. Oh, for- dude, it, it's not going back down. It's not going back it's down. It's the promo video like I do for everyone. You're going to be like, hold on. Yeah. Well, okay. I'll just let it rip into the mic. Okay. Most mass-produced baits aren't like – they're not cutting it for the most part. It's like you feel like they – you as a consumer, you feel like they're just sliding in for their piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. They're not doing the legwork to actually do the research and, and, and do some new stuff. They got some cool bells and whistles, but – you know, I'm for them. That's fine and dandy. Or maybe for a dude that's just starting out, like, hey, if you want to grab a couple different baits, grab an S-Waver or Dancraft or... Well, okay, see, though, those are different mass-produced baits that are 100% like commendable, great baits. But you, when I think mass-produced baits... Who do you think of? I don't want to throw anybody You're not take, throwing shade on anyone. Just think of a mass I mean, dude, I can bait. slide into, like, Coppers makes a great frog. Uh-huh. Those swim baits were rough. Is what it is. But those are a mass produced. Yeah. But and how many people bought those? Probably shitload, right? <laughs> that's like that's kind of like the point. Is so you like, think it's a bad representation? You're giving some. No, it exposes people. Like, yeah, it's, dude, it's just too hard to answer that. Like, what I don't like is them selling that shit for pennies on a dollar. Like, make that stuff in the states. If you're a U.S. company, make it in the states. Yeah. Quit chasing those dollars all the way down to the bottom because. I know, like Bill talked about it. It's like it introduces people to it, but then people are they accustomed to the nineteen ninety nine dollars price tag? And so when they that's a good point of view. Then they hit the the guy that's building them in his garage and going, "Bro, why are you selling them for one hundred and fifty bucks? I can go buy you know this bait for nineteen. It's way better." So it's like there creates like a little bit of animosity. But once you learn, but once you learn, you kind of learn there's two different baits. But those are like separating the the, the, the adults from the children. True. Like how many of those people that go from buying a coppers? And I'm, dude, I'm sorry. I'm using them as yeah, like a bad you're, guy. Yeah, you're giving an example. What, yeah. B- how whatever. many people go from buying a six-inch coppers to buying a uh, one of my baits? How many people do that? Uh, nowadays. One in a hundred? More than that nowadays. No. You don't no. think so? I, I, that's what I say. When I think people like the mass production level is so next, I assume. It's so much bigger than 
what we actually think it is. And do you feel like California is like the hub for swim bait fishing? Uh, no, not anymore. Not anymore. No, Was... I think California is a has been. <laughs> it is. I mean, dude, like, what do you think the next big kind of swim bait? I think the East Coast is crushing it. Uh-huh. Like, there's other like undercover heavy hitter stuff like going on out there. I think the Southeast still has a ton of potential. Yeah, Texas boys always crush it. They, yeah. It's just like dime a dozen to them, so it doesn't like pop up on the radar as much. But there's plenty of dudes out there. Catching double digits. Yeah. yeah. And if you do the research, there's lakes across the United States that are kicking out teen size fish. That tells me people are catching them. It just hasn't really made a big enough blip on the radar radar to get blown out yet. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of potential in other parts of the country still. Yeah. Until California gets their the Southern California gets their the stuff. Shit back. Gets just overall gets their management back in order. It's it, this is gonna be a grind. Like it's gonna be a grind. You feel like this? Pre- we're pretty pressured though. The lakes have a lot of people fishing them. It, well, especially right now during COVID. Yeah. But like that's always been an issue. But the quality of the fish, I don't think is there as much anymore. Yeah. Like those super fat girls, like not happening. Yeah, they're still big framed fish. They're just not the same weights. Yeah, this one's from Ira, Ira Waldman. What conditions and situations do you look for when choosing to throw the tiny clash and the clash nine? Also, what's your favorite way to fish them? Uh, tiny clash. Is one of the favorite ways to fish it is, uh, well, kind of mix it up. But earlier on, like, uh, I loved it. <laughs> I call it like, it's like psycho mode. I don't even know what to call it. Like <laughs> mode is like, we're like Jeffrey the King and Phoenix. Those two those kids, they're not kids, but like they're kids in the grand scheme. Something years old. Going out there and they're like, dude, you just fish it as fast as you can. <laughs> it's like a psycho. You're worn out. I got blisters on my From finger. From burning them. Well, burning them and twitching them. Yeah. So they're going, right? Like subsurface. That's a really fun way to do it. You can catch big fish, but most of the time you can, if the fish are on it, dude, it's an explosive bite. It's fun. It's good stuff. I've tried fishing the Clash 9 that way. Not as successful Clash 9, it's been a little bit more of like all avenues, like as a big glide bait or cranking it down. Um, I can't remember the specific mode where it's just like just going through the water, just straight through the water. I've caught fish that way too, which is always very strange because it's all, you feel like you're doing absolutely nothing and then it's just a thunk, you know? Yeah. So it's a fun way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, you kind of talked it. What's your opinion on the HUD 68? That's from Cody Chris 13. Great. Great. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, prior to that bait existing, guys were doing that and having a lot of success. So, I mean, it's great. It's He just offers it to people at, on a production level. Yeah. Like, that, that's great. Uh, what not do you tie Andrew Keels or Keys? I'm wondering, like, what that 68 question is, like, is there supposed to be more to it, like, oh, it has the footprint of this fish and all that? Like, because people look at it that way. But, you think so? Oh, yeah. W- without a doubt. That's what that's what the initial, like, thought is on it. Because if the original 6-inch HUD tail was small, but it still got bit, then people started noticing it. Is there some correlation between putting the 8-inch size tail, which the HUD 68, I don't think, is a true 8-inch tail mm-hmm. on the 6-inch bait. I think it's slightly smaller. Than taking a real eight inch HUD tail and putting it on like we we all used to do like mm-hmm. you do that stuff, but yeah, people do look at it. Is there like some variance in, in all that? Yeah, stuff? Huh. I think it. I, I think there's um, value in that. Yeah. Uh, what's your knot you like to tie from Andrew Keys? Andrew's key. 
I can't remember what it's called. I think it's like improved. See, I'm not a nerd like this way where I'm like, I've been tying it since I was a kid. I don't even know what it got. I think it's like a double improved clinch knot or something like that. I can describe it much better. It's easier. I go through the eyelet once. I make a loop. I go back through it twice. I come back up. I wrap around five times. I take the tag in. I go back down through the two loops that are created off the eye. That's normally where the knot ends. I don't end it there. I take that tag in. I put it back up through the loop that was created, wet the line, and I cinch it down. The knot's never never failed. Never. Never failed. Wow. It's always been that way. I mean, dude, you catch this with salmon fishing knots. Like, that's... My, I do it on braid sometimes, and that's probably dumb, but it hasn't, fa- <laughs> it hasn't failed that way either. <laughs> um, this one is from Fishing Kentucky. Will you be putting the head case harness in all baits at some point in the future? As of right now, for any of like the painted, like full mold baits, yeah. Um, citizens, I'm leaving. I'm trying to. That's the citizen is generic, like generally like a little bit more of like the price point bait. It's more access. But if I start adding more stuff to it, the cost goes up on it. So it's like I can't add something to it and the price remain the same. Unless Mm -hmm. somehow on a production level we can do that. But I don't I don't see where that would be possible. You know? Um it's kind of a clash thing, Gabe Lloyd. What do you think the most underutilized aspect of the class series bait and the most anglers don't realize? I don't know because I feel like there's still so much to learn. To learn. I don't think I have a good input on it. I'm not the most success like the Japanese anglers. I think I had that thing dialed. Yeah, I think a lot of them got it really dialed. Like if we could somehow break through the translation barrier, that would be the, they would be providing the answers. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um. This is from Nice Piz, Pisa Bass. Nice Pisa Bass. Uh, what makes you pick up a battle shad versus a citizens or vice versa? It, there, there's not much of a difference, but for some reason, I just feel like to me personally, I love, I like fishing the citizen in the summertime. I don't know why. Yeah. Like it does have a little bit of a different action. It just that dual like color pour. Just I don't know, or just the all black one. Like it just feels like a. A warmer, more summertime <laughs> bait to me. Like, yeah. so sometimes these things are just—they're not based off any science or anything. It's just just straight up feeling. Yeah, and I'm like, this is what I want to fish right now. I'm just gonna go out and try and catch some fish. Yeah, you know? hell yeah. This one is—they do—they do come through cover differently. Like that—that that is a, a a huge benefit to the the difference of the bait. So I mean. I think the the battle shot is better for like tooly fishing versus the citizen can kind of like navigate the grass a little bit better. Whereas I feel like the uh, the battle shad kind of I don't know stabs into it better versus this battle shad on tooly deflects better. Okay, there's, I mean there's like, it gets into like yeah like there's yeah. little nuances, but yeah. This one is from Bradley Ross. If you don't own a boat and you were a shore pounder, swim bait guy, gal fishing large reservoirs without obvious cover like trees and weeds, mostly rockly shoreline, what type of features are you looking for and how would you approach them? Get out your Google Maps. That stuff, there's a lot of information out there on the YouTube and stuff where guys are putting that, that stuff out there. But mm-hmm. dudes have been doing it for a year. You can get on 
Um, I don't know if Bing still offers the service, but Bing Maps, B-I-N-G.com yeah. and their maps thing. Like the search. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They used to offer maps where you could do bird's eye views and like rotate that yeah, and it gives yeah. you a different look. Start finding those isolated spots that make it stand out from the rest. If it's just a generic rocky shoreline, what's the feature on that rocky shoreline that stands out? Yeah. Now you can get into Google Earth and you can go back years and all that. That whole charade. Yeah. People, they can, oh, you yeah. can do that. So, um, This is from Justin Zumbro. Do you think your baits are a good choice for uh, trout-stocked reservoirs like we have in NorCal? Yeah, because I think a lot of it comes down to profile, especially like a nine-inch bait. It's about the profile of the bait. The fish don't know it's called a shad. Yeah, right. That's the simplest answer. Like I had this – I've said this before, but one of the best encounters is where I was fishing a reservoir in Arizona, and I threw the guy for a loop because I gave him a bait, and he didn't understand why I was giving him a shad and thought maybe I was trying to throw him off. I don't know. It was like something. But he's like, why are you throwing the battle shad when there's trout in the water? And I just go, because the bass don't know that it's called a shad. They're just sitting there ready to ambush. There's 8-inch, 10-inch trout that just got planted. They're all silvery and shiny swimming around running for their lives and then this battle shad comes by that somewhat represents it they're going to take the opportunity to eat it yeah they don't know that we're all calling it a shad yeah as dumb as that sounds like it's like <laughs> no, it's, yeah it's just the profile yeah um chasing joel do you see any parallels between good skaters being able to look at a spot in their own unique way and a good swim bait fisherman approaching a spot in their own unique way it's kind of funny because like it's so like that question's so in like the skate mentality of like skateboarders always like we're so unique, you know, to the world, which we are. And swim baiters kind of like think that same yeah. thing, like oh, we're yeah. so unique. But no, I do th- I do kind of agree. It's like guys that are like really into skating, like really into it, dived into it, they're typically successful in fishing because just like skating, it's about you as the individual. It's on you. It's like everything's on you. Your success is on you. And they're completely comfortable in that environment. Mm-hmm. And they already have like that eye to look for the, the the subtleties that make something special, make something unique, whether it's a skate spot being like, oh, dude, slow down the car real quick. Back up. I caught that. It's almost the same thing if they're out fishing, like, wait a second. And you like look back and you see it at this perfect, you see it at this angle you're like, that's it. Yeah. So maybe there is. But those guys exist outside the skating community too. Like they, there's just some people have an advantage over other people. <laughs> you know? No, it's the truth. Yeah. Um, this is from Swimbait Scrutiny. How do you approach a se- uh, session on the water with bluebird conditions and no wind? Also, will we get another drop on the flat knobs? Uh, there's talks of getting another drop on the flat knobs for sure. Uh, that's in the works again, like the COVID stuff, like pushes a lot of stuff back. And then I go into no wind, blue bird skies, just really bummed. (laughs) (laughs) No answer. I'm just bummed and going, man, I hope this picks up, but it's odd because this last year, it feels like we've had a lot of no wind, blue bird skies. Like this year specifically, uh, oh, 100%. dude, what is going on? There's just no wind Yeah, for hours and hours on the day. So that stuff, 
I don't know, dude. I have no recommendations like on any of that stuff. It just sucks for me. <laughs> uh, this is from SKNKED Tackle, maybe? I'm not sure. Uh, where do you think the next world record will come from? Japan. 100%? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, have you, you, if you got measuring boards and you start to understand how fish are, they're catching like 22, 23-inch fish that are teens, teen-class fish. Wow. Where us, a teen-class fish is typically you're at minimum above 26 inches. Wow. So there's a three-inch in length difference yeah. of just the overall, the girth of their fish. The genetics in those fish are just like... Are you fish to beefcake? No, no, I want to. But yeah. it's not easy. Like, those guys those guys are good anglers. They come here, and they're like, oh, okay. Like, Lake Biwa, that gets a lot of pressure. It's, oh, a, huge, it's a huge lake. They're, they're fishing pressured waters, too, because angling there is a huge part of the culture. Like, as much as it is here, they're get, they got the whole experience going on there. They're, like, in bed. Like, the company, they want to, like, just – it's an entire experience from top to bottom. They're mm-hmm. not just fishing the baits. It's like they're involved on all levels of a brand. It really means something for most, it seems like for most of those customers. Yeah. So they're out there fishing, like they're grinding and they're putting, you know, the work in on those fish. And I, I think there's a lot of great anglers out there with the potential to catch that next world record. Yeah. That's 100%. just, that's just from my perspective from sitting over here, but. What I, about in California? I think there's big fish, uh, still big framed fish, that if we got fish back, if we got some trout or just better management where the the, health, the, the, the fisheries became healthy, uh, and maybe they are healthy from a biologist perspective, yeah, but yeah. not from an angler's perspective, <laughs> uh, I think then the potential is obviously back here again. Uh, there's still huge fish out there. I just don't know what the likelihood is outside of like maybe like a a Dixon or places like that where the genetics are just so good, obviously from those fish and they still do get trout stocks there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now I'm not trying to blow the place up because Wolford is another one. I mean, dude, all these Southern California lakes are well known. If you fish, it's not a trade secret by any uh, means. You're not far from my favorite lake. Henshaw. Oh, I heard that. I heard that was your favorite. I haven't gone there in years. Yeah, I love that fucking lake. There's probably some big fish in there, too. I caught my spinner. Sleeper lake. Sleeper lake. And it's cool because it's... There's a reason why it's a sleeper lake, though, dude. (laughs) It's not far from me. No, not at all, right? Wilford, same thing. I used to go there all the time and rent the boats. Yep. And they have a little bar up there you can have lunch at. Oh, yeah, Yeah. dude. That one's tight. Yeah. Yep, sit there. (laughs) But they have... I mean, all those lakes have the potential. Mm -hmm. I just like... And there's, there's already good dudes fishing it. You don't hear about them much, but... They know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, they're fishing course, those lakes, dude. And if you're not seeing a world record popped out, you got some of the cream of the crop that know what they're doing already there. Yeah. So. 100%. Yeah. Well, great podcast, Mike. I think this yeah. is going to be one of the toppers for the longest one. Man, Should I go Alex Jones side and go, dude. we break records. <laughs> we got to break records. Are we breaking records? How many people are having <laughs> Yeah, I think we're at 240 almost. So. Oh, two hours. I'm sorry, two twenty. Two twenty. Oh, okay, yeah. Two twenty. Lengthwise, I don't know. We're yeah, good. it's good. We're good. Uh, I want to say thank you for all the support, even though you think it's nothing. You but reposting and shit helped the podcast a lot, and for the donation for next month's uh, Patreon winner. Do you want to mention what it is, or yeah. do you want to leave that off the? No, I'm gonna make you take a picture when we're done holding it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you guys will see. I'll probably post a little picture today to show you what we might have going on next month. And yeah, thank you, man. 
glad to have you back on and hopefully we can get you on again next year when you do another big drop or something, right. you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm down. All right. Always man. down. Love it. Thank Thanks. you.